You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm a liar. I'm such a liar. My pants are, in fact, on fire. How long does this last? Excuse me, I thought this faded out by now. It's been a while since I've done one of these. There we go. Nice slow fade. Welcome to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. It's uh, me, uh, Brandon Bishop. (laughs) And I'm a liar because I promised on the last episode, which was like two months ago, that uh, I would be diving feet first, head first, all first, all my whole body first back into the podcast life. And I lied to you. I said, yeah, we're going to start doing these weekly shows again. And I lied to you. It was easy during the pandemic, wasn't it? But that's over now, isn't it? I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if there ever was a pandemic. If you go back and listen to old episodes, you can hear me talking about it, about my opinions as if they matter, because they don't matter, just like your opinions don't matter, just like nothing matters whatsoever. None of us are important. None of us mean anything. This whole world is just a floating blue rock in an endless, massive universe. We're all going to die in a few years and nothing we did or said or created really even matters in a couple hundred years after that. If you're lucky, if you're lucky enough to get to those late eighties in age, none of it matters. Just like my promises to you to do a weekly podcast for the thousand five hundred people that actually listen to this thing. You guys don't matter. I don't matter. You listening to this doesn't matter. Me doing this doesn't matter. And that's how I'm going to start this show. (laughs) What an asshole. What a complete douchebag I am. Just killing everyone's hopes and aspirations and reasons for living by telling telling you all that none of us matter. I mean, it's true. Don't get me wrong. But in our small circles of friends and family, and in my case, listeners and viewers. You guys matter. You're everything. You're everything to me. And I don't do this to make money. I don't do this podcast to make money. You know that. I don't do this to uh, get listeners and likes and shares and get some ad money, even though if they offer, by all means, bring it. I will promote your items better than anybody will promote your items. You could be selling feminine hygiene products and your friend Brandon's going to be like, you know what? I've tried all the feminine hygiene products on the market today. And this one, this one right here that I'm holding in my hand that I'm trying to think of a funny name for of a product that doesn't actually exist, but it'll get a giggle out of you. But my mind is going blank and I can't think of anything. This product right here is the absolute best one. I have felt nothing but pure bliss. I have felt fresher 
And I have felt exhilarated ever since I've applied nature's douche. I don't know. That's all I could think of. <laughs> There's probably one out there called that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to give me money to pitch your products or just give me the products if it's something I like. Like if there's a new taco shop, I don't care where you're at. I'm sure one of our listeners are within 1,000 miles. They'll make the trip. Yeah, give me like $10 and like some tacos. And I'll be like, hey, Billy Bob's tacos are just the best. Oh, my God, the, the brisket tacos are juicy and sweet and spicy. And, oh, my goodness, I can't get enough of these things in my face. I'll say all of that stuff. I will sell my soul. I will shortcut every bit of integrity that I have to pitch your tacos, to pitch your feminine hygiene products, to pitch whatever. So if you're out there and you got a business and you want to promote it in a certain way, in an inexpensive yet productive manner, by all means, I'm your guy, man. <sighs> what are we doing? I got like a whole list of stuff. I'm going to talk to my friend Brian McCarty, who I haven't talked to, like I haven't heard his voice in over two decades. He's the singer from one of my favorite all-time bands from Detroit, not just from Detroit, all-time bands from anywhere, the Trash Brats. I mean, this guy is, in his opinion, you know, we're just dudes that know each other and I'll consider us friends. That's cool. We, we say nice things to each other. But on, on my side of that spectrum, I'm like, this is Brian McCarty from the freaking Trash Brats, and he's got new music out, his solo projects, and I'm kind of fanboying over him a little bit. And hopefully he never listens to like this part of it because then he'll know what a geek for the Brats that I totally was. And it didn't always start that way, too. I was like everybody in the early 90s, late 80s, like kind of, I'm not going to say homophobic. I, I never really cared who anybody slept with, and Brian's not gay, but they used to dress like, you know, chicks. They used to dress in like dime store women's clothing and like Ricky rat would be up there in fishnet stockings. And I was a metal guy. Like heavy metal was everything. Yeah. I want to listen to Megadeth. Yeah. And then, you know, you go to the club. I was filming a show back then, even back then called Detroit live where we just filmed bands and interviewed them. And I was the most judgmental, opinionated piece of shit on the planet. So I look forward to apologizing for that, you know, decades later and uh, promoting not only old school trash brat stuff, but man, his new album's fantastic. It's called Dangle the Carrick, Rattle the Bones. I love that title. Oh, geez. But before we get into that, um, before we give Brian a call, Got to talk about some things that have been going on lately, man. Asai TV is bigger and better than it's ever been. As you can tell by the inflection in my voice, I'm going into pitch mode, pitch mode, where I'm going to try to sell you on the network because that, my friends, is how I make a freaking living. That is how I buy potato chips and all these feminine hygiene products to try out. That is how I support my cat. That is how I support my kids and my surprisingly growing family. Uh, from out of nowhere, which we're going to talk about that in a second as well. So Asai TV, it's only $5 a month, 17 cents a day, less than that cup of coffee that you had at Starbucks this morning each month to subscribe. There's hundreds of hours of all original shows that 
I travel around the country with cameras filming, okay? There's nothing like this. Yes, you've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got HBO Max, you've got Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and Discovery Plus and Peacock and all of these different things. You have them, don't you? You have all of them. So why the hell? And I'm using the word hell. I could say heck, but I'm serious here. Why the hell? Do you not have a side TV? ASY TV is how you spell it. You can get it at asytv.com. You can get it on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. It's everywhere in over 100 million homes and you don't have it yet? And you call yourself a friend? You're going to listen to my podcast right now without having a side TV on your telephone. You can. You can. You can get it on your telephone. Just go to the website. On your television. You know what? I don't think you're a very good friend. If that's you. If you're out there right now listening to this podcast and people do listen to this podcast, you're out there and you don't have a side TV after all these years of talking about it on this radio show, out of all these years of pushing it as hard as I possibly can till my knuckles are bleeding and you don't have my television network. And it's not just my television network, man. There's a lot of people attached to this thing. Some household names like Stephen Piercy from Rat, his documentary, Nothing to Lose. We shot it. We went out to LA. We were at the whiskey. We're at the rainbow. We're at his freaking office in his house filming this documentary. And it's fantastic. And I can't wait to share it with our viewers on SI TV real soon. Other stuff coming up with him as well. We just got back from Charlotte, North Carolina, filming with uh, Heath, formerly known as Heath Slater in uh, WWE. Now he's just mother freaking Heath on Impact Wrestling. Uh, his family, oh my goodness. His family, uh, I, I'll consider him my family, most hospitable, kind just moral, awesome, genuine people. And that's not just Heath. I'm talking about, I'm talking about his wife, Steph and his kids, Roz and Remy, uh, who I adore. Like seriously, these kids, uh, and happy birthday kind of late to one of them and early to the other one. These kids are amazing. They're just, they need their own show. And I think that's going to happen someday soon. And uh, Rosalind is just smart as can be and just well-mannered and just sweet. And then you got Remy, Remedy. Uh, I love this little girl. She's just a maniac. <laughs> He's just a freaking maniac. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but the, the sweetest kid greets you with a hug. She's sad when I leave and makes me sad to leave. Love these kids, man. Love this whole family. Um We've got three episodes in the can right now that we're going to slowly release over the next few weeks. So stay tuned to Aside TV. Get Aside TV. Uh, we just got back from uh, filming new episodes, four new episodes of that Vegas show, obviously in Vegas with Ricky. I love Ricky. She's one of my, I'll call her one of my closest friends. I, I don't see her that much. We don't even talk that much, but she's one of the people that I look forward to filming with more than just about anybody. No offense to anybody else. Uh, you all have your pros and some have your cons, but I adore every time I go out to Las Vegas. I don't even like Las Vegas. I don't like it. It's a big smelly cigarette. It's loud. It's obnoxious. There's drunk people everywhere. There's throbbing bass music even more than I get here in Colorado Spring. It's just, it's an awful place. It's too much. It's sensory overload and not in a good way, but Ricky makes it fun and we find awesome things to do all over the city. Um, and we film her doing it, and it's just a great time. I never have a bad time when I'm in Vegas with Ricky. Uh, we just got back from filming 
For the first time in years, we got new episodes of The Drink. They're available now on Asai TV. The Drink with Hillary Harris. Uh, we went down to the outskirts of Phoenix. We did that episode. And we went down to a place I've always wanted to go, uh, Tombstone, Arizona. Like, seriously, this place is just left in town. Yes, it's a tourist trap, but the history's still there. We got the film at the Birdcage Theater, which is a place I've always, always wanted to film at. Uh, we filmed at Doc Holliday's Saloon. We filmed the gunfighting down there. We filmed at the uh, the Good Enough Silver Mines. Seriously, all of these places I just spewed off, you got to go. You, if you go down to Tombstone, Arizona, for some reason, you just, you're anywhere near it. Get to Tombstone. Do all of these things, and you're going to have yourself a memorable time. It's kid-friendly. It's whatever-friendly. It's just a, oh my God, it's so much fun. Got the film with Hillary again. I love me some Hillary. Uh, my daughter, Charlotte, who are... I guess I'll talk about now. Uh, that was her first road trip with me. We just met like literally last year. We've only known about each other for a couple years. Um, I'll reserve my comments about that whole situation because that's in the past and we're enjoying uh, a wonderful pr- present and future as father and daughter. Holy crap. And like, I, I like to uh, describe this like surprise family member as I'm living in a house. It's a small house. I have a room for my mom. I have a room for my kid and I have a room for myself and a, you know, my cat walks all around and I'm doing all these fun stuff and I'm very comfortable in this house. And the thought of adding a wing or adding anything to this house, adding extra rooms or even a, a room above the garage or anything it's just pointless. Why do I need it? I don't need it. And it's unexpected. It's something I just never even thought would happen. And then all of a sudden I move a bookshelf and there's a whole other room there. And it's a beautiful room. And it just makes the whole house better. And then she has a son. Yes, that makes me a grandfather. We've been over this. Um, and then you move another. There's another door in that room. It's just a little room, but it's a cute room. And I got to meet him recently up in Detroit so I had my mom and my daughter and my grandson like all in the same room. And uh, I'm going back up next month. Yeah, next month. And uh, I'm bringing my son with me. So I'll have both my kids and my grandson and my mom all in the same room. And that for someone who has a very, very small family, that's really big for me. So I hope uh, you're as happy for me as I am happy. And uh, it's just cool, man. It's cool. I think life just keeps throwing things at me. Like, what's next? I'm hoping it's more positive stuff like this. Uh, Charlotte's amazing. She got to go on the road with me and it was an interesting road trip <laughs> to say the least. Uh, we met in Detroit. We flew back to Denver together and stayed here at my house. She's allergic to cats. As I've well mentioned, uh, I have one walking around who's very furry. Um, <laughs> so that was never fun for her staying here at the, at the house, but it's, uh, we, Rented a nice little Ford. Not a, was it a Ford? I don't remember what the hell this thing was. I think it was a Ford SUV type Edge. Yeah, Ford Edge. And uh, hit the road. We stopped at Meow Wolf in Santa Fe on the way. I got to show her that place. We got to film there again for a new show that we're doing called uh, On the Roadside. It's either going to be called On the Roadside or Cool Stuff. I I, I wanted to call it Cool Shit, but, I, you know, it's... It's still a naughty word. You can't say it too many times. Otherwise, it becomes bad for all the thin-skinned, easily offended types out there. Sorry. I'm pretty sure we'll just call it on the roadside. And it's just a hostless show. There's no host. It's just 
showing cool things and taking footage. So that's what we did at Meow Wolf. Then we headed down, picked up Hillary, and uh, filmed at a place called the Ostrich with uh, a company called um, with a guy named Ordovich. Hope I said that right. With Absinthe Minded, it's an absinthe company that uh, I don't like absinthe. <laughs> I don't like black licorice. I don't like that flavor at all. But the whole process of it and the history of it's great for a show called The Drink, which is, is what we were filming down there with Hillary. Um, and yeah, man. And then we filmed at a, a place called Scale and Feather, which was uh, just like Dungeons and Dragons themed uh, meadery, M-E-A-D-E-R-Y, meadery, which I didn't even know what mead was, but... I love it. It's like sweet honey wine. It's fantastic. So we filmed there. And then we headed down to Tombstone, me, Charlotte, and Hillary. And uh, I just had a blast at all these places I just told you about. I've, like I said, I've always wanted to film in the city. I've always wanted to visit the city. I always wanted to film at the Birdcage. And I want to go back. I want to do my father-son spooky ghost show with my son. Um, yeah, there's, there's some places that we visit. And I'm like, I, I don't care if I ever go back. It was fun, whatever. Thanks for the shoot. And uh, all positive, but then there's other places it's like, I got to go back. This thing was so awesome, and I got to bring my kid, and I got to bring this person, and I just got to do this show there now. Yeah, it was one of those uh, one of those trips that was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, on the way back, <laughs> it got dramatic. We had a slow leak in a tire, and we ended up having a flat tire out in the middle of nowhere. Budget rental car wouldn't help us at all, so I had to call in a place to... Um, fixed the tire and then they showed up and they go, well, we can't fix that. That'll be a hundred bucks. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, I'm not giving you a hundred dollars to come out here and say you can't fix something. But I did, of course, because I didn't want it to be a thing. <coughs> anyway, I think I got cat hair in my mouth right now, which is part of what I'm getting to. So, you know, we're out there, they put the spare on for me at least. So I paid a hundred dollars for some two guys to come out in a truck and put a spare tire on. Drove that spare tire at 65 miles an hour all the way to Albuquerque, which was about yeah, two hours away. And we slept in the parking lot of uh, the uh, budget rent-a-car place at the airport in Albuquerque until they opened up. And then, thankfully, they gave us uh, a new car, a nice little minivan. Actually, the van that I want to buy, a Dodge uh, Grand Caravan, white, 2000, I think it was uh, 2020. It was nice, whatever. We got past it. But the drama didn't just stop there. Let's talk about cat hair inside of an eyeball of someone who's allergic. It literally does awful things. Uh, Charlotte got a cat hair, for, apparently from my cat or who knows, um, in, her, in her eye. And her eye looked like a freaking poached egg. It was disgusting. And Charlotte is one of the most beautiful humans on the earth, of course, because I helped make her. But... Uh, you know, she's basically my twin, but um, she's beautiful. And I have to say, it turned her ugly. <laughs> it was awful. She came out of a gas station bathroom, looked up to me and says, Dad, I don't know what's going on with my eye. And, I'm, and I looked at it, not expecting to see much. I'm like, oh, maybe she got, you know, scratched it or something. No, her eye was like twice the size of a normal eyeball, twice the size of her other eyeball. And it was like bubbling, like white, like, like I said, like a poached egg. It was just, oh, so yeah, eventually she pulled the cat hair out of her eye, and after we woke up to get the new car at the airport in Albuquerque, her eye just, it was red, 
but it, the swelling went down, and by the time we got home, she was fine. It was a cool trip, though, man. It was just getting to spend this time that we were not afforded to spend, you know, for the last 25 years. It just means everything. It's cool, man. It, it's put me in such a better place mentally, emotionally. Um, just when you think, you know, you can't love anymore. There it is. I love this kid. Um, I love the grandson. I got, like I said, I got to meet him in Detroit for the first time. It's like, hi, here's a three-year-old kid that's in your family lineage that you never knew. You know, I, for the longest time, family didn't mean much to me. My kid meant everything to me. My mom means everything to me, of course, but I'm not one of those people that has 500 people in their family, you know, and they had these big get-togethers. And But I didn't think I needed it anymore, and now I have it. And now I can't. It's not going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm hoping she doesn't either, and I'm hoping I get to spend more time with Chance, who is my grandson. I'm a 47-year-old grandpa. <laughs> I'm growing a beard right now. I'm going to grow a big silver beard, and um, I'm embracing this shit, man. I'm telling you, it's just it's freaking cool. All the way around, it's just cool. That's uh, that's what I have to say about it. I know I'm down. I'm, I'm I could I could go on for I'm trying not to go on for like another hour about it because I could. And it was really cool doing this trip with her. Um currently writing a couple books, three books to be honest with you. And one I've been writing for about 25 years. I'm writing a book called What Have I Done? It's my autobiography. If you want to buy it and read it, it'll be available to you. It's probably going to be another year before I get it done. Um, I'm still waiting for the happy ending, to be honest with you. I'm still waiting. And, and I'm not an unhappy person, trust me. Very happy person. But I'm waiting for that thing, you know, that, that, that successful moment that I can put that exclamation point on the whole book and, you know, put it out there. But it's mainly not for you. It's mainly for Charlotte, who didn't get a chance to know me for the last 25 years. It's for my son, who's playing video games in the other room right now. It's a manual to their dad. So if you don't buy it, I don't care. If you do buy it, thanks. Enjoy. You're going to learn some things about me that, uh, you know, good and bad. Everything's in there. There's no bullshit in this book. I'm not going to bullshit whatever legacy I leave behind. And that's going to be in this book. Um, it's called what have I done, which is a kind of a double, double conundrum type of thing. Like, what have I done? Or this is what I've done. Get it. I'm sure you do. You're all smart people. That's why you listen to this podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, The other book I'm writing is my road stories and my recommendations from all of the places we filmed at for my TV show, Go There, Eat That. For the last, God, going on seven years now, I mean, I've been traveling the country, eating at restaurants and filming it, and it started off kind of as a drive-ins, diners, dives type of thing, which I don't like that show. It was kind of a run-and-gun type of in and out type filming. And I don't like that either. I think the show deserved better. Um, the last couple episodes I got to do before the pandemic were, uh, more like Anthony Bourdain. And that's really what I want to do from here on out. We've got dates and locations for, uh, an entire new season. I think we're going to do 10 more episodes all around the country. And I keep coming up with different ideas. I was watching a thing on YouTube about Buckbees where it's like this 
enormous gas station. You can basically eat 24-7 there and breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, the whole thing. I think we'll do an episode there. That might be fun. Uh, it, it's whatever. You know, it, it, it used to be kind of like, okay, we're going to be here filming this show, so what can I do for Go There, Eat That here? Just It'll take an hour in and out. Boom, we got a segment. But I really want to spend more time on it. I want to spend a couple days on each episode like we did the last couple and uh, I think it deserves that. I'm a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. Unfortunately, I'm recording this on the day that he died three years ago. Um, I want to do something that would make him proud. Everything I've done on Go There, Eat That has been fun. It's been interesting, but it hasn't been properly done. It's been rushed. It's been, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not extremely proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we have accomplished as a body of work, but I, we could have done better. And, or maybe we couldn't have. Maybe all that was just learning and got, got me to the point where I'm at now where I can do much, much better. That is what uh, I want to get to. Uh, so look for a new episode or a new series, season of uh, Go There, Eat That pretty soon. A lot of awesome cities. And I think we're going to do like a the breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert theme for every episode. That way we're staying in one city and we're going to explore the culture and maybe some notable names that are in those cities I'm excited. So it's, it's a really fun show. Of course, it's a fun show. I get to travel the freaking country, maybe the world, and just eating things. Duh. Of course, that's fun. <sighs> but I'm writing a book about all my adventures that I've done so far, uh, the top 50 places that I recommend, or at least the top 50 places that are good for the book. And, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm like 18 chapters in right now, and I'm not bored writing it yet. So I'm pretty sure I'll get through it, and I'll keep it interesting. And... uh who knows? There may be a chapter two here with the next 50 that we do. We've done hundreds of restaurants, but if I did all of them, it would be like God, like an encyclopedia sized book. And nobody wants that. It's just a coffee table thing. Go through it. Look at cities. Look at the stories. There's a lot of great stories in there. A lot of them just brought back memories that I even forgot uh, going through it. So I'm really excited about that. The third book is the controversial one. I'm just going to tell you the title of it. And if you judge anything, if you literally judge a book by its cover or by its title, you're an idiot. Don't be judgmental. Open your mind, open your heart, open your ears, open your eyes and read this damn book when it comes out. I just got started on it and I'm already extremely pumped about it. It's called It's Okay to Be a White Straight Man. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's not saying being a white straight man is better than being a, uh, I don't know, a Mexican gay woman. <laughs> it's not saying that at all. I'm just saying I'm in this book, and I'm not going to defend it by any means. If, I, if you think I need to defend it, then you didn't read the freaking book. That is all I'm going to say about it. It's uh, something that might catch fire for me, and I'm really excited about it. Another thing that I'm really excited about is uh, the fact that I have Dickie's Barbecue Pit being delivered to my house at any second right now. So my order is on the way. Okay, we see Dickie's Bar is preparing your order. Yeah, it's not here for another 20 minutes, but I'm really excited about that. So if you hear me stop or you hear a knock on the door or a doorbell ring, that's what's going on. You probably won't hear it at all. You'll probably hear like a little... And that just means I stopped and started re-recording after I got my belly full of barbecue. Um, 
other stuff coming up, man. We got uh, shows in Tampa with Eva Lee's in Orlando as well. Going back to Heath uh, in North Carolina, we're filming at the Gatlinburg uh, Fan Fest out there. Colorado Springs Comic Con's coming up here in August. We're going to be uh, set up there as well, I believe. Going back to do some more Moto Vixens in Seattle. Ring of Honor Wrestling is having me come out to film a documentary about uh, the women's division that they have out there. Dude, there's so much stuff going on. I mean, literally, like, I'm getting planes like <laughs> my airport itineraries mixed up uh, i had a problem going to charlotte they canceled my flight so i had to wait 10 hours in the freaking airport to catch the next flight i had to pay an extra 400 dollars for it just to otherwise i would have had to wait longer that was a nightmare but uh you know it shit happens man i mean you, you can't what are you gonna do you know you can't do nothing about it we're gonna do kick and scream and cry doesn't help anything. Just deal with it. Move on to the next thing. <sighs> Been getting a lot of cool stuff in the mail. Uh, one thing that motivated me even more to keep writing these books is uh, I got Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young in WWE, got her cookbook called Messy in the Kitchen. I'm highly recommending you buy it. Just support this endeavor for her. She's got a baby on the way. and th- Don't get me wrong. They're not hurting as far as I know. But it's really cool, man. Uh, when my son and I put out the Billy Fred Whopper Goggles book into the world, it's just a great feeling. And when you hold it in your hand, you're just like, oh, this is amazing. I, we created this. So I imagine she's going through the same thing now as it just got released. And uh, good for her, man. Good for you, Renee. I uh, got a bathroom sign. I, I, okay, listen, I stopped collecting Funko Pops. I sold my entire collection, got a decent price for it. And... um even though that whole process was a nightmare, like packing them all up and sending them was a nightmare, dealing with the guy that I got them from, sending things to the wrong address and all that, the wrong PayPal. It was, it was a freaking nightmare. And uh, it's an ongoing nightmare, but it's uh, they're gone. The Funko Pops are gone. The only ones I have left are a couple Lucy's that mean only stuff to me, like the ones I made at Funko headquarters in Everett, Washington, and I got an autographed Iron Sheik one. Uh that's it. That's it. That's it. My kids kept the very first one that we bought together from like the video game Titanfall two that's in his room. And, and that's it. Funko pops are gone. I don't look at them when I go to the store. I don't think about them. I don't miss them. It, it took over my entire house. Like literally every wall was stacked with them. Uh, I had over a thousand of them. They were just ridiculous. I had a $20,000 Funko pop collection and, and I didn't even know how it started. It just kind of, I blinked my eyes and then boom, there it was. Um, but I'm I'm a, I'm a collector. I, I have a I'm not gonna say an addictive personality because I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't I don't smoke. I don't you know buy hookers. I don't. But I like to have cool things. Like when I'm looking around my 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 office right now, and it's like it's like a museum to everything that I've gotten to do throughout my life, and I'm pretty happy with that. I can look over here and see the original red leather bound scrapbook that my mom made when she was you know, a big wrestling fan as a kid, it's uh, sitting right here. That's the book that got me into pro wrestling. And right in front of it is an action figure of me in my wrestling gear that somebody made me when I was a wrestler for 20 years. You know, right next to that is a alien shaped uh, tequila bottle. And next to that is a, 
like an Acai TV uh, coffee mug and I'm looking up at, you know, beer bottles that I haven't opened from the Stanley Motel and from a Coke bottle from the Omega Mart that we just filmed at, at Area 15 in Las Vegas. I got all these designer like knives and I got a little tiki cup that we just did in Las Vegas at the Golden Tiki. I've got, dude, I mean, this place is a museum to everything that I've done except for the bathroom. The bathroom, I, I, I don't know, maybe it helps when you're shitting, like to laugh. It just gets everything out there. You're working your ab muscles or something. You're just pushing it. You know, I think giving birth to a baby, a little brown baby, it helps to, uh, to giggle a little bit when you're on the, on the bathroom. So, oh, hang on. My food's here. Hang on. And, <laughs> oh, ribs. I have ribs in my teeth. That's what I had, just had from Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Pretty sure that's a national chain, isn't it? The big yellow cups. I see them everywhere. It's all right. It's not near as good as this place we, uh, Heath and I, filmed at uh, called Shakers. We did a little comedy food thing with him called uh, Hungry Heath. I think we're going to keep doing those. It's kind of fun. But Shakers, man, they're ribs. Oh, oh, my goodness. But you think a barbecue pit would have it like the best, but they're, they're good. They're not bad. Brisket was good. Uh. Oh, okra was good. Um, my kid only got mac and cheese, which is weird to me. How is this kid my kid? Like, he doesn't eat anything that I eat. Maybe he will down the road. Maybe. I mean, I was a picky eater, too, when I was a kid. Kind of. Not this bad, but maybe down the road he'll start picking up new tastes and flavors and start uh, consuming things that uh, <clears throat> I do, which I consume just about everything but shrimp and various seafoods. Anyways, writing that book, the Go There, Eat That Book. Yeah, it's reminded me of a lot of the things that I've eaten and uh, made me hungry. But back to my bathroom. I think that's what I was talking about before my food got here. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm kind of a compulsive collector, compulsive shopper. I get that from my mom. Uh, <laughs> when I was young, she had like porcelain elephants everywhere. That's what she collected. And her best friend, Linda, had like stuffed and porcelain rabbits everywhere. It was like a contest between the two of them. Who could have more elephants or bunny rabbits? It was weird to me, but I think that somehow stuck with me. And because uh, back then I started collecting, you know, just toys like every kid. But I had like the LJN wrestling toys. I'm still collecting those. I just got some in Charlotte from uh, High Spots like just <laughs> a couple days ago. Uh, and thank you to them uh, for uh, giving them to me. I was like, holy crap, I'm, I'm willing to pay. You know, you don't have to. Just left with a bunch of uh, WWF, LJN wrestling figures and w WCW wrestling figures. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Um, <clears throat> still a lot of those to collect. All the hard ones to, <laughs> all the hard ones to find are still not on my shelf yet. But uh, my bathroom, I, like I said, I like to laugh while I'm pooping. And I like to make my kid laugh while, I guess, while he's pooping. So there's just these metal signs and different things all over the bathroom. They're coating the walls. It's just a museum to goofiness in there. If you go into my bathroom at any time, I don't know who you are, but if you come over to my house and you, and you take a shit at my house, <clears throat> you're going to get a laugh. You're going you're gonna to laugh, and it'll help you help everything pass on through. <sighs> I just got one uh, in the mail yesterday that has a cat holding a roll of toilet paper, and it says, your butt napkins, my lord. That pretty much sums up the whole bathroom. It's, it's awesome. But I love looking around this apartment. I started buying uh, 
mixed tiles. If you haven't seen the ads for them, then you haven't been online because they're everywhere. I think I've spent like 300 bucks with these people and I've got like about 60 of these mixed tiles. What it is, is it's like an app. You send pictures from your phone or whatever, or take a picture and then it, it goes straight to them and then they print it, frame it and they send it to you and you just stick them on your wall. There's no nails or anything like that. No command strips or anything you need. It's got a built in sticky strip, which is reusable. I've taken and moved them around several times. <clears throat> and it's they're just everywhere. I have a whole wall of fame over there now. And it's, uh, like I said, this whole apartment is like just a, a museum to things that I've gotten to do and uh, uh, to people that I uh, love and care about. Now, speaking of somebody who I love and care about, uh, again, we're going to talk to Brian McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy? I think that's a general in the Army. Um, McCarthy, in, uh, in a, just a little bit. I'm actually going to close out the episode with that because I got a feeling we're going to go on and on and on. So like the last hour of this podcast is going to be that interview and playing some songs from the Trash Brats and from his new album, uh, Dangle the Carrot, Rattle the Bones, which is just fantastic. If you like smart, sarcastic-ish kind of folk, I mean, it's like dance, it's funk, it's a little gospel-y. It's, it's such a good album. And I think the reason I'm interviewing and the reason I'm going to play some music is because uh, I think you need to know about it and go take your ass to Apple Music or iTunes, whatever you get music, download it. That's what you, that's how you buy music. When I knew Brian, you'd have to, if you're an independent artist, you'd have to go around like out of the back of your car or at gigs or whatever. There was no buying an album online. There was no, you know, your, your music as an indie artist was not on, you know, Columbia House or however you ordered records back then. Uh, you sold them at shows or you had them in the local record shops and that's it. There was no national distribution. But now you, no matter where the hell you live, can buy the music from this independent artist in Detroit who's been doing it for three decades <clears throat> and doing it, wouldn't doing it and doing it well. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to end off the show with him. I'm trying to think, man, like I usually I segment these shows out a little better, but I... Uh, I'm not. I'm just kind of rambling on this one, and I think that's okay. I think that's okay, man, because it's it's a brand new day. Uh, oh, one last frivolous buy that I did, um, actually given to me by a really good friend. Thank you. He just said, "Take it," and I, I. It's a suit of armor. Okay, maybe if you if you're on my Facebook, whatever you've seen pictures and Instagram or whatever, you've seen pictures of this suit of armor. He was only selling it for like two hundred bucks. I would have bought it for 200 bucks, but he said, get rid of this thing for me. Just go. Maybe it's cursed. I don't know. I named it Sir Henry Willingham the third, uh, because that's the first thing that came to my mind. And now he's, it's a, I have a suit of armor in my, in my living room. I'm looking at it right now. It's the coolest damn thing. It's real light. It's not like a legit suit of armor, but it's beautiful. I love this thing. Go to my Facebook page, whatever you dig, dig around and you'll see all kinds of horrible things, but You'll definitely see a little video of this uh, suit of armor that I bought. Frivolous, man. I like seriously. Like I said, I don't smoke, do drugs, or any of that crap. I just shop and eat. Good God, what the hell's wrong with me? If I could cure my shopping and my eating addictions, I would not only be in better shape physically and financially, but probably mentally and in all realms. It's it's my drug. I'm stupid. I admit it. But it's you know small doses of happiness. <laughs> that keep us going, man. That's that's what it is. And yeah, man, I like it. I like it, okay? Do do you mind? Do you mind if I just... I like having a suit of armor in my house. It's whatever. It's there. It's too late. Can't stop me now. Can't stop me now. 
what else, man? I'm going to get to some mail. I actually have like 10 or 11 questions that you guys asked. Um, so I want to get to that here in a second. You know, <laughs> I've talked for a lot of years at this point about living in an RV, moving out of this place, moving into like a class C RV and just waking up in a different city every day. You know, I mean, yeah, there'll be struggles. Yes. It's not easy. Yes. It's, you, you got a whole new set of things that you have to worry about, but, and it's not necessarily cheaper either. It's, it, I just, man, I, I love being on the road so much that I don't want to come off of it. And I know this is nothing I can do anytime soon. My son's 14 this year. So I've got like four more years before I can even consider it, which is fine. Cause it, that's a, that's a, that's a wealthy amount of, that's a wealth of time to consider something and map out the pros and cons. But I, uh, <clears throat> man, it's just this whole van life, RV life, whatever it is. It's, I'm, it's, itch, I'm starting to itch really bad. And it's not because I just watch like countless hours of YouTube stuff like Van City Van Life and Trenton Alley and all these things. I do watch those things religiously, like almost daily. But I just want to be able to travel the country and film these TV shows because these shows are scattered all over the country. We've got, you know, we're going to like Evil East in Florida and we've got, you know, Ricky and pretty soon Renee Paquette in Vegas. And maybe we'll be doing some stuff with Meow Wolf out there. We've got. You know, New York City, we're going to be doing stuff with Nathan Orton. And of course, we got Eddie out there. We've got uh, Keith and Charlotte. We've got Gallows in Georgia. We've got Moto Vixens and Chef Jason Wilson, who we're going to start filming with here up in the uh, Seattle area in Washington. I mean, <clears throat> I'm forgetting a bunch too. Like Hillary's down in Phoenix area. We've got people all over the freaking country. We're getting ready to do something in Detroit and literally every corner of this country we have a TV show on and, and it keeps growing and growing and growing. Uh, Illinois with the Bennett's, uh, dude, it's, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think about. And these are the places I need to be all the time. I need to go from one to the other, to the other, to the other. My mom lives in Detroit. I want to see her more often. I can go there. It's, you can't really do that when you're grounded someplace. And, and I guarantee I'll be doing this job and running this business, hopefully on a much, much bigger level in five, in what, four years when I can finally do this. But <clears throat> it's just hard to maintain a homestead and be everywhere at once. Um, I see like, like Gallows, uh, Drew Hankinson, I see him and doing all these like signings and events and everything. I'm like, well, damn it, dude, we should be there filming. Even Heath, I see him doing all these things. Ivelisse, I see her doing some training thing on, on Instagram. And I'm like, damn, I should have been there with a the camera. Like what? I have to be in all these places at once. Eventually, my goal with a side TV is to have like three or four film crews of like, you know, two person film crews that just travel around filming stuff. And I'm able to pay them and pay them well and, you know, train them how to, how to do things like I want to do them. And that's the ultimate goal. Um, <clears throat> we're still pretty far away from that, to be honest with you, because you have not subscribed to a side TV. And it's real easy to do that. You go to Roku, you got a Roku? No, oh, you don't have a Roku. Oh, you have an Amazon Fire. Oh no, you don't have that. No, you have an Apple TV. It doesn't matter what you have. If you have all any of those three or everybody has the internet, right? You go to ASYTV, asytv.com. Boom, there it is. It's only 17 cents a day, $5 a month. And I'm back in pitch mode. You can watch all these shows, man. We got like nearly 40 original shows. We film our own stuff. Like I said, it's all over the country. Thousands of stories have been told. Hundreds of awesome people have been telling them. It all comes from our cameras, and it all comes from our creativity and our minds and our uh, 
it's our adventure, man. And we want you to join in on that adventure. And the only way to do that, not the only way to do that. I mean, you could reach out here and contribute something and go on these adventures with us legitimately. Or it's five bucks a month, man. Buy the freaking network. I'm not going to tell you again. <sighs> and it's been easier to, tra- you know what? I don't know if it's been easier to travel. I, my goodness, we were everywhere last year. And the pandemic did not slow us down. If anything, we sped up because there were so many places that were, I mean, the airports were easier. Driving around was easier. Just, you know, filming at these locations, even if they're closed, we could still go there because we're just filming. We're not customers. They can open the doors for us. And we did that countless times. And it was just nice. Like I said, I'm not a people person. I'm not very, when it gets people-y, then I get kind of, I get annoyed I'm an old man now, okay? I get annoyed when it gets too people outside. I hate it. But this year has been kind of the same thing. It's just the airports are a little busier now, and you know, and now it, we don't have to wear masks anymore. I feel weird about this. I do. I feel silly. Like I, I kept the mask in my pocket for like the first week of this no mask thing, and you know, I've, I've got one of the shots in my arm already. I got to get the next one tomorrow, believe it or not. And then I'm fully vaccinated, and. Then, I, I figured it would be a bigger deal. But then again, you know, with the way everything's been handled, uh, <laughs> who knows what to do anymore? Who knows? I still get weird when I shake people's hands now. I still don't want to be within six feet of people. Uh, I got programmed. I let myself get programmed, and probably for a good reason, too. Um, but I thought it would be a bigger deal. I thought there'd be mask burning parties and parades and celebrations and. Maybe that's yet to come. Maybe, you know, just opening these sporting events and concerts and stuff coming back. That is the celebration. But I kind of thought it'd be a bigger deal. And uh, like, I I think humanity needs to really look at itself in a few months when it's completely gone, hopefully, and say, holy shit, we actually beat this thing. I mean, all it takes is the right (laughs) combination of chemicals or, uh, you know, biological whatever's to uh, make us null and void, make us extinct like we keep making all these other animals like the white rhino extinct and things like that. We're not, sub- we're not immune to extinction. Are you kidding me? Nobody deserves it more than us. It could have gone that route, but instead, at least in this country so far, we've pretty much beaten it and it's going away and cool. Maybe we'll have a, a big party I mean, maybe orgies will start coming back. Like, I don't know. They every, I, I haven't been to an orgy in years. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that kind of leads me to explain. The, never mind. I'm not going to go there. But you know, maybe that's how we'll all celebrate. We'll just all have one big group orgy and not be afraid of anything. But the normal things that we should be afraid of, like, you know, venereal diseases and um, sexually transmitted infections, STIs, I think you're called. You're not, you can't call them VD anymore. It's STI. Is that the proper thing to say? I don't want to offend anybody who has an STI by calling it a VD. It's like, I have herpes, and it is an infection, not a disease. So somewhere somebody has had that argument, like defending themselves. Like I, <laughs> People are stupid, man. People, And you know what? The greatest thing is I don't have to be angry at when I'm buying food at the grocery store at Safeway down the street, because Safeway is like, they had like arrows in their aisles, like 
this way is like one way. You, you could walk one way through the aisles. I was the only son of a bitch that actually followed these directions. And I would just, my mind would just melt. Like, what? You can't, like, and it's people of all ages, like elderly women who normally I'd, you know, help across the street or help them with their bags to the car. And, and they're just, they don't care. Ignorant, ignorant people just, I'm just gonna walk, I don't care what the sign says. Tell me which way to walk. No, fuck you. Seriously, like, just go that way. You, you burn more calories if you just go around and then come. Oh, I hated it. I hated looking at everybody just like, God, you're the most ignorant, like disrespectful, selfish bastard. Just because you won't like just look down at the floor and not go that way. Take one extra 30 second trip around the aisle. And, and don't get me started about the people that refuse to wear the masks. Oh, good God, man. Are you that special? Are you that important? Are you that above the rest of us to where you can't just put a piece of cloth on your face? I don't have to be mad anymore about that because I'm not wearing a mask and there's no arrows on the floor. I can just buy my sriracha tofu and uh, a nice avocado and I'd have to look at everybody just boiling over with recreational hate. Oh, I'm so happy about that. That Literally, it's like a load off my shoulders, not having to call out stupid people. It, it just, you people made no sense to me. And you're still out there, and you're still stupid. You're very stupid. And I doubt all the people out there, probably even half of them that refuse to wear masks, I doubt it, probably any of them have gotten vaccinated. Well, I don't care. Give me a shot. I ain't wearing a fucking mask. Do you not understand that the human race was at risk? <laughs> you know, maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know all the facts, but it seemed that way. And you're too cool and you're too important and you're too above it all to just follow some basic things that were asked of you. I was one of the last people to put on a mask. I thought it was stupid and we all know the masks don't do shit. But these businesses and local policies just asked me to do one simple thing, and I did it. Between all of that and my mom, that is why I got vaccinated. Okay? It's something simple that was asked of you. Am I going to turn into Cronenberg Brandon? I don't know. None of us know. But I did it because I was asked to do it. How many things in a day are you asked to do? I work for myself, so for me... Not much. Take care of my kids. Take care of my cat. Keep my apartment clean. And I ask myself to do all that stuff. So I don't have a lot of people barking orders at me. I was asked to do one simple thing, a couple simple things, and I did them all. I walked the correct way at the grocery store. And if I did it by accident and went the wrong way, I felt bad about it. If I forgot my mask on the way to the store, I went back and got it. and went, duh. Thankfully, all that shit's behind us, though, man. Thankfully... Thankfully, thankfully, <sighs> the world's just about opened up, man. Big freaking events are happening. Like people are caking together again, and I'm hoping it's not too soon. And, you know, it's, people are ready, and I don't blame them. I'm ready. <sighs> oh, I burped. Hey, my kid's walking around. Hey, what are you doing? What? You came out of your bedroom. Are you foraging for food? No, I went to the bathroom. Would you like to say anything to our... Listeners here. No. Not even. What's the word of the day? Just give me one word. Pineapple. Pineapple. Perfect. It's the most he's talked to me since he turned 13. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to like be a father of a, of a teenager. I don't know. I'm, I'm figuring this out day at a time. He just turned a teenager last October. I've almost gotten through one year of it. He's a great kid. He's freaking awesome. I just don't see him anymore. He's on screens and he's too cool for his dad. And that's fine because you know what? When I was his age, I was too cool for my parents. And then all these years later, you'll realize, much like I did, my mom's kind of remarkable. She busted her ass to get out of the slums of Detroit in the worst possible situation. She didn't turn to drugs. She didn't turn to alcohol. She wasn't a prostitute. She didn't do anything stupid. No, she got us out of there. And she worked her ass off until she got to retire. Now she's enjoying her life as much as she can. She's still haunted by those things in her past. But you know what? They're in the past. I tell her this all the time. They have no control of you over anymore, Mom. And I respect that. And I try to talk to her every single day, if not twice or three times a day. And I know this little punk in the other room over here is going to do the same thing. He's going to get a little older and go, you know what? I miss my dad. Then he'll start digging into some of the shit that I've actually accomplished in my life. Holy crap. My dad was pretty cool. Let's hope I'm not dead by the time that that happens because I would like to spend uh, the better part of whatever 30, 40 years I've got left in this planet to, uh, you know, being there for him and being there for my new daughter and her grandson and her son. And I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a lucky guy, man. I'm a lucky guy. I complain about a lot of shit, but don't we all? I'm just really good at complaining about shit. That's the thing. Some people complain about shit and they're not good at it. Those people are just annoying. I complain about shit and I'm really good at complaining about shit. So it's entertainment. Anyways, speaking of entertainment, let's get to your freaking questions. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Thanks, Blue. Thanks, Blue. Thanks, Blue. And thanks to you for uh, sending in these questions. Actually, a couple of them, most of them were from like two months ago when I was doing the podcast again and I asked for more questions. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, knock all these out. And then I got a few extra questions. Um, that were just recently given to me from people I actually know very well. Like, here's a question from Heather. Heather Noel, the Blue Dragon, whatever. Oh, my God, that barbecue is coming up, coming up strong. Anyways, Heather wants to know, uh, why don't you ever want to go on vacation? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) I've explained this to you, Heather. It doesn't make any sense to me, my beloved director for operations of SITV. Why would I go experience something fun and pay out the ass for it and spend all that time and energy and resources and whatever to go do this thing to go relax? Why can't I do all of that, do it for free, sometimes even get paid for it, definitely get paid on the back end after it's all edited and produced and airing, and get to do it on a level that I wouldn't get to do as just a common customer, when we're filming at these places, like, like let's say we're filming at you know area fifty area area fifteen in uh, Las Vegas, like we did with Ricky, we would have spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Even the general manager out there bought us all this stuff from the gift shop, which I'm looking at the big monster stuffed animal thing right now. 
We wouldn't have gotten all that. It was like $200 worth of gift shop stuff he gave us. Not to mention we got in for free. Not to mention we got the full tour. Everything explained to us. And then we went through ourselves and just had fun. And that was only half of that experience. The other half was the rest of Area 15, which we did all of that for free. And we had an equal amount of fun as if we would have gone there and paid for it. I don't see the purpose of doing things amazingly without a camera. If, if the camera's not running, then did it even happen? What, am I going to take some phone pictures of it? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the average dude that works nine to five that's excited that every other month I get to go do something for two days on the weekend before I go back to work. That's not me. I can't live like that. Uh, I don't know how people do live like that. I'm glad they do because of those, those are the people that keep the machine running. Those are the people that you know make the world go around. I'm just a pair of clown shoes, but I love being a pair of clown shoes, and I love what I do on a daily basis. Sometimes a daily basis. You go out for weeks at a time just having fun, telling amazing stories with amazing people, seeing amazing things. That's my life. And a vacation from that? My vacation is when I'm at home with my cat and my kid just relaxing and like just sitting on a couch and just ordering barbecue and just getting fat and knocking out a podcast or something. I, I, I don't see the need. To, vacation, to, the word doesn't even make sense to me. My life is a vacation, so uh, that's what you get, Heather. So, eh. Uh, Jay wants to know, what would you name a boat? Why did I leave this question? Oh, this is on the questions I wasn't going to leave in. Uh, I don't know. Um, I would just name it The Boat because I really like the movie um, One, One Crazy Summer with John Cusack. It's one of my favorite movies, and they named the boat The Boat. It's perfect. And they won the regatta with it, too. So it's a good name. It's a lucky name. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, start from the top. Maybe I should stop reading from the bottom. Yeah. My favorite burger joint. Uh, you know, I've had burgers. <laughs> I've had me some burgers all over this country. And I could, I could go a lot of routes. Like, I know White Castles probably isn't considered an actual burger, it's a slider. I get it. It's thin. It's kind of its own thing. But, you know, if, if you want to go that route, I love White Castles. I'll eat those daily if I could. And thankfully, they don't have those in Colorado. The closest ones are in Las Vegas. And every time I go to Las Vegas, I get some. But give me a double jalapeno, with cheese, a double jalapeno and I'm, I'm a happy guy. But if you're talking like actual like gourmet-style burgers, um, I don't like fast food burgers. I used to love Big Macs. I'd order like two or three of them at a time. I was so gluttonous, I would order like a double quarter pounder, a double quarter pounder with Big Mac sauce, lettuce, pickles, and onions on it. And uh, yeah, and cheese. And I made Mega Macs way before that was even a thing. That's how much I used to love fast food burgers and Whoppers and all that shit. But uh, like, I can't eat that stuff anymore. I don't know why. Like even Wendy's and Carl's Jr. are just not good to me. It just tastes like salt. Just, you know, your taste buds change as you get older. Um Culver's. If you got a Culver's in your neighborhood, go there, get their butter burgers, get some, you know, just whatever you want on top of it. Those are some pretty incredible burgers, but I don't think anything really touches five guys uh, as far as just like amazing cheeseburger. Oh my goodness. Like I get jalapenos. I know sons of bitches. I get the onions and tomatoes and mayo and just everything I can pile onto it. I love a big sloppy ass five guys burger. Um, that's, I mean, honestly, that has to be my favorite. Uh, like I was just, uh, in the go there, eat that book 
talking about the Elk Burger at a place called Tommy Knocker's uh, Brewery and Pub up in Idaho Springs, Colorado. That was really good. Um, I've had some really good burgers on just filming this show and just in these cities that I've traveled to. But, um, I mean, honestly, for as far as consistency and places that I get to go to all the time, a place I can go right now if I wasn't stuffed full of barbecue, Five Guys has got it. And their fries are <laughs> incredible as well. But, uh, yeah, I like questions like that. And speaking of questions like that, what is the secret to perfect tacos? Now, I imagine you mean making perfect tacos like at home. My secret, um, I'll just give it to you. It's an expensive secret, though. I ground up filet mignon at you know the over-the-counter butchers, whatever, the meat departments. I grab all the filet mignon that they got, sometimes just an entire tenderloin. I have them ground it into hamburger meat. And I know you're thinking, what are you out of your freaking mind? That's like the most expensive steak cut. Yes, I know. It's like $17 to $20 a pound. When I can afford it, I go there and I ground up about three or four pounds and I cook that with just, I, I put a little like Kerrygold butter in the pan. I cook that. It's the most amazing texture and taste you'll ever have of any hamburger you've ever had. And the only seasoning I really add is um, a little onion powder, a little garlic powder, and this stuff by, I think it's called Kinner's. It's a buttery steakhouse seasoning. I've only seen it at a couple places. You can order it on Amazon or whatever, but um, I can't remember the name brand. It's like sitting in the kitchen just like 30 feet away, but it's, um, I think it's Kinner's or something. It starts with a K, whatever. And it's a buttery steakhouse flavor. I put that in there, and that's it. That is it. Uh, I make uh, resounding, amazing guacamole with just avocados, onions, tomatoes, a little salt, pepper, and uh, sour cream in it. The sour cream is the key. makes it creamier. makes it taste better. I put that on there. I put some uh, shredded Munster usually or, uh, you know, maybe a sharp cheddar. And that's it, man. Uh, that's all you need for a taco. Maybe some raw onions on there as well. Uh, you already got the raw onions and the guacamole. But that's my idea of a perfect taco. As far as shells go... If I can't fry them myself, like, you know, fold up a corn or even a flour tortilla and with some toothpicks and just with the meat inside, deep fry it like they learned how to do at El Dorado's restaurant where I learned to cook back in Downriver, Michigan. Um, if I can't do that, then I like the standing stuff ones. It's the same as any other shell. It's the same ingredients. Um, I like the nacho cheese ones, but sometimes you just want a standard shell. So it's kind of whatever my kid says. Do we get the nacho cheese ones or do we get the plain standing stuff? He makes that decision. I cook them up. We devour them. Oh, here's a stupid question. How's that Biden? How, how's Biden working out for you? And ha ha at the very end of it from uh, Sean. Well, Sean, for me personally, I don't know. I, you people put way too much emphasis on what a president does. Has your life really changed that much for, like, let's say if you're in your 40s like me, we've been, you know, I was born when Nixon was in office. God, I feel old saying that. But has your, has your life changed much between Carter and Reagan and Ford and not in that order, but, <clears throat> and the Bushes and Clinton and Obama and, you know, the, the douchebag that starts with a T and now Biden. Has your life changed like drastically just because of who was in office, I'm going to go ahead and say no. It hasn't for me, and it probably hasn't for you either. It's a sport, people, and you fall for it. 
it's my team is this and your team is that. And no matter what that is, I'm going to vote for my team. I'm going to f- choose my Apple phone over your Android. I'm going to, I'm going to v- root for the lions, no matter who they're playing. I'm, it, it's, you know, it's tribe, uh, tribe segregation, divisive programming. And we all fall for it. Even I fall for it. It's, it, it's, the stupidity of the human race. We, we easily get suckered into shit. Did Trump, the reason I don't like Trump is because he was an embarrassment. He was an idiot. He was a buffoon and he was not qualified for that job. Um, I used to think I wanted somebody outside of politics. Maybe wanted to be that guy that came in from outside of politics. And then we got one. We got an entertainer and an entertainer trust fund baby. And if you don't agree with the fact that he was in a complete buffoon, a complete embarrassment, then you're just clinging to that letter R. You're just like, Oh, he, he was funny. And he said things that no, all the ignorant shit that he said, if you agree with it, that then that, that just means that you're fucking ignorant. You're stupid. You're a stupid person. I'm saying that to you, Sean, I don't give a fuck. You're stupid for being like a massive Trump head. The guy was the drizzling shits and you just almost tried to overthrow the Capitol building. I'm not saying you did, but you probably would have if you were there because you're stupid because you loved him so much and this billionaire, not even a billionaire anymore. He doesn't give a shit about you and you don't care. Then you get Grandpa Joe over here, who I did not want to vote for. I was a Bernie guy. I was an Andrew Yang guy. (laughs) I don't want to get into this shit because I'm done with it. It's just like the pandemic. I don't really want to talk about it anymore because it's just about over. And Trump, the only thing good about him from this point out is we learned a lesson and he'll be dead in a couple years. Yeah, I said it, Sean. You got a problem with me? You probably know where to find me. You won't have a problem if you show up. Love you, buddy. What have we got that's not negative? Where's the next Billy Fred Whopper Goggles book from Amy? Amy, I didn't write a last name. Amy, um, our publisher, uh, we had a deal between the two of us. They, uh, we both honored our ends of the deal. But it just, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I wasn't happy. They basically printed the book. It's still available. They'll continue to print it. They'll continue to sell it, of course. But that's all, it, that's all that they did. I was promised a lot of things, and uh, none of it happened as far as promotions and distribution and all that stuff. I was promised a lot of things. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, and then a couple months more down the road, a couple more months down the road, you're like, okay, none of these things happen, and I get it. They're never going to. So I don't want to go through that with them again, but I do want to find a publisher or even self-publish myself a follow-up book eventually. And it really depends on the kid. Whenever my son wants to sit down with me and help me write a book, then we already got the outline for it that we did years ago. And uh, it's just a matter of doing it. I'm writing three books, like I said, right now. Go to read that book. Uh, what, what have I done book? And uh, the other controversial one, uh, it's okay to be a straight white male. <laughs> it's... So I, I'm pretty booked up as far as writing books. And um, if he wants to, then we will. 
that's something I really enjoyed doing with him. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Billy Fred uh, gets to see the light. And I'm, you know, honestly, we should ship that shop that first book to a movie companies because it's made to be a movie. It's literally there. It's a movie for kids that has a lot of great messages in it. And I, I, I want to keep that, that story going. So absolutely. There will eventually be one. If I, even if I have to do it my damn self. Okay. Um, when will a TV have swag? Do people still say swag? I think you mean merchandise like t-shirts and stuff. Nobody says swag anymore. Um, from Jen. Sorry, Jen. Um, we do now, actually. If you go to Pro Wrestling Tees or One Hour Tees um, in Chicago, we have four shirts that are up now from different shows and one just a side TV shirt. Plus, there's another store, like a one of those like little build-it-yourself stores, which we've already ordered some stuff, and they got some pretty good stuff. Uh, that's on AsaiTV.com right now. So just go there, and it says shop, TV shop, or shop TV or something. Uh, yeah, go there. Spend some money. We like money. Um, top spe- top three spots in Vegas to eat. I didn't even see that question from Augusta, Angela. My handwriting is bad. I type a lot, so I don't write much anymore. So I'm out of practice. <laughs> but when I, I do these podcasts, I do handwritten notes. It's just easier for me to jot them down. Like when I'm laying in bed or something kind of coming up with it. Or if I get these emails, I just kind of kind of cliff note it. Um, Angela, the uh, top three places in Vegas to eat. Uh, let me go. God, I just ate at this place, and I didn't film there. Um, it was called Maxie's, M-A-X-I-E-S. Oh, my goodness. They they brought out, like, this uh, uh, Benedict, Eggs Benedict, like, mountain. It, everything they brought out was good. Even hash browns. Everything was really good. It was a wonderful breakfast I had there. It was just me walking around town hungry one morning, and I said, you know what? I'm waiting for Ricky to get ready to film, and I found this place, and there it was, and I ate the hell out of it. So it was uh, – that's definitely on the list. Oh, uh, there's a lot of places that we have filmed that have just incredible food. Hash House a Go-Go. I don't know why I haven't gone there every time I've gone back to Vegas because – it's just that good. The chicken and waffles, the the breakfast items like the giant pancake with the sausage in it, and we're, I mean, oh god, the place was so good. Um, so I'm gonna have to say Hash House of Go Go is definitely one of them. Moxie's or Maxie's, and um, man, there's so many. That's the problem. Uh, oh, geez, I, I could say White Castles because that's the one place I always go. No, no, no. There's a uh, there's a burrito joint. I'm gonna have to get on. Oh God damn, what is it called? And uh, you're probably asking me this because you want recommendations for your next trip. But let me go to my. Uh, I don't know if I ordered it on Uber Eats or Grubhub or whatever, but it was just it was a burrito joint, and I can't remember what it was called. Let me go to my order history. I'm actually going to my... I really want to know what it was. Um, Migusta Tacos. There it is. Uh, goodness. This place has the best damn burritos, man. Um, so I'm going to put them on there too. M-E-G-U-S-T-A Tacos in... Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Vegas, wasn't it? I've ordered there three times. Yeah, Vegas. Cool. Oh, man, that place was fantastic. So there's your answer of uh, at least three places. I could literally go on. Comex was a Korean-Mexican fusion place we had it years ago. 
that place was good. Even like gimmicky places like the Heart Attack Grill where Ricky works. Uh, the, it's it's a gimmick. The food's giant and stupid and bad for you, but it's it's really freaking good. Okay. Oh, and uh, Evil Pizza is another place we just ate there. It's like an Evil Knievel themed restaurant right down the street on Fremont. Uh, that place is real good as well if you want to grab something quick. Okay, in a fight, who do you got? Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Um, I got, uh, man. I'd like to see them, um, if I knew the money would go to a good place, maybe they could finish each other off and, uh, or just shake hands and agree not to fight and work together to solve a lot of problems. Maybe both of them could pitch in and invest in a side TV and then we could kick the hell out of Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. That'd be fun. I don't want to say anything bad about either one of them because they're both, uh, you know, they started at the, at the ground level and, and build themselves up into the richest people in the world. How can you, I, you can say what you want about, you know, rich people and what they do, but they're both very charitable. They both do amazing things. They're both exploring space. Uh, they've changed the world. Amazon, I mean, it's something that, I have four dots in my house that I talk to every day. How can you, uh, I want a Tesla car. You know, <laughs> you can't, I don't care about saying anything bad about either one of them. Cause maybe one day I'll need them. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So if you're listening, Elon or Jeff, give me a call, man. You too, Bill Gates. Anybody with like a lot of money, you can invest in this thing. Think about it. If we get to a million subscribers, we're making 5 million a month. I'll give you a million of that. That's an extra 12 million a, buck, a month in your pocket. I know that's pocket change, but it's still, you could do a lot of good with that. I could do a lot of good with that. So yeah, the million people that are listening to this podcast right now, you all need to go to AsaiTV.com and subscribe. All right, here we go. One ounce. At this point, will it be heaven or hell for you? From Z. I think I know who Z is. Um, it's not going to be either because I don't really buy into either one of those concepts, sir. Don't make me get all anti-religious uh, on you, but I'm not much of a, a you know a heaven or a hell person. I like the band Heaven and Hell with Ronnie James Dio. They they were pretty good, good song too. But uh, I'm not a not a not a, a subscriber to such concepts like a floating cloud uh, haven, like with Golden Gates, and you have to be good to get there got to be a good boy to get to heaven. Otherwise, St. Peter or what is it? Gabriel's Peter, whatever. The guy at the gate's not going to let you in. But if you're bad, you're going to go to hell. That sounds like something you do to program children. And it is what you do to program children. It's no different than Krampus coming to get you instead of Santa Claus. It's, there's, there's, there's no God in the biblical form. There's no Satan. Uh, it's That's stories, people. Come on. It's 2021. Just like Stop with that already. Please stop with that already. You fanatical types have just got to just die off at this point because there's no changing your mind. But, oh, I told you, I'm not going to get all anti-religious with you. It's not a rant. It's not a rally. It's not a, <laughs> there's no pitchforks and, and torches being lit. So love y'all. Do what you need to do, whatever crutch you need, whether it's disgusting cigarettes or heroin or religion, whatever it is, it's all a crutch or it's shopping and eating like me. Okay, what else do we got here? That's a good one to end off on. What makes you feel better on a bad day? You know, I, I, that is a good question because I don't know. I don't, 
I mean, all days are good and bad. So I know this is me contradicting all the questions and bringing logic to them. That's kind of what I do. Uh, <laughs> but what is a bad day? Okay, let's say your dog dies. That's a bad day, right? But you could have had some delicious tacos before that, which would have made it a very good day. Um, everything is small doses, man. You can't judge a day, good or bad. Every second is different. Like one second you're having an orgasm, the next second you're shitting your pants in front of the girl, in front of the woman you love. It, you know, it could literally happen that, like that. Snap, snap, snap. Um, like I said, one minute you're eating tacos, the next minute you find a cockroach in your taco. Um, and then a moment after that, you win a $12 from a scratch off lottery ticket. And then when you're driving home, the lottery ticket flies out the window. And then when you get home, it magically flew to your porch. You see what I'm saying? Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. It's just like saying all cops are corrupt. They're not. Most of them are good, but there are some that ruin the whole apple tree. It's like saying um, all white people can't dance. I, for one, cannot. <laughs> but there are some white people out there that can dance ass off. It, it's stupid. It's like saying all conservatives and Republicans are brainwashed, religious, fanatical Trump supporters. About half of them are. But, you know, it's, it, it, you can't lump things together. Everything is gray. Nothing is black and white. Not people, not religions, not politics, not like anything that you love, anything that you hate, anything you consider a good day, anything you consider a bad day. It's, there's no such thing as a good day or a bad day. Um, there's good seconds and there's bad seconds. There's good minutes. There's bad minutes. And that's about it. So what do I do to cheer myself up? I already told you. I shop and I eat. I hang out with my kid when he actually wants to hang out with me. Um, I relax. I book stuff to go film. I edit. I write a book. I have to stay creative and, and productive. Otherwise, I'm miserable. So, that was the mail. <laughs> it was kind of a somber kind of a thud of an ending there, wasn't it? Like, uh, but yeah, I left, you on a, I left you with a life lesson at the end of the mail. That, that's always good, isn't it? I mean, you're gonna, some of you are going to repeat some of this stuff. Yeah, Brandon, he, he says some good stuff. He makes sense. That's what happens when you survive for almost 48 years on, on a planet and you experience all the things that you do. You don't just, the old wise man doesn't get to be wise. <laughs> and oh, let me rephrase that. That was stupid. What was I going to say? You don't get to be an old wise man without getting old. That's what I was going to say. <sighs> then again, there's some old people that are really freaking stupid. I mean, what was Trump's uh, demographic? What, what's the Fox News demographic? I'll say this. They're all gray-haired people. What's the world going to be like, man, in 20 years when all these people are gone, when they're all in the dirt or melted down, when they spread their ashes all over the grounds of Fox News? What's the world going to be like when all these politicians like McConnell are gone, and I know there's a second wave, there's a third wave ready to happen, but they diminish by the year, by the generation. Religion diminishes by the generation. It's just true. Like right now, what, 14% of the country's black, 9% of the country's Asian, something like 21% of the, maybe more, is um, Latino. 
And then you got all these lame white people. Uh, but that changes constantly, the demographics of people. Um, it's the same with uh, believers. Like, it's a, it's a Christian nation, obviously. I mean, what year is it? That's the Christian calendar right there. So uh, we all abide by that. So, yeah, they kind of won. It's predominantly a Christian nation. It's, there's a lot of Catholics. But you know, what the, you know what comes right after them? It's not Muslims. It's not Jews. It's not Hindu. It's not any of that. It's non-subscribers like myself. Whether you want to call them uh, atheists or you want to say agnostic, whatever you want to call it, it's all non-subscribing. That's what I consider it. Those are religious terms, which I don't like using. Um, Non-subscribers like myself make up like 25% of this country, and that's just 18 and older. These kids these days, these wonderful kids like my son and so many others that I've talked to, they don't buy into this stuff, man. And I'll give you an... And here's the thing. I love the people I call friends. I do. But I recently had to film at a church. And when you're not stuck in the mud, it's easy to walk around the bullshit. Like everything was... A distinct quote from this lady on stage, and I'm filming at a church for a show, it's whatever, and I love the people that I'm doing it with, and I respect their decisions to follow whatever religion or whatever beliefs they want to. It's none of my business. And But if you bring me there, <laughs> and you ask me if I caught the gist of it, I'm going to honestly keep it to myself, because I don't want to be disrespectful. I really don't. Uh, it's not about that at all. It's just when the lady on stage says, you need to talk about Jesus and God, I heard the word Jesus like a thousand times in this place. You need to talk about Jesus when you wake up in the morning, when you're on your way to work, you need to talk to your kids about Jesus. When you pick them up from the school, you need to talk about Jesus and be thinking about Jesus. When you go to sleep at night, these are exact quotes. And then they went into this whole relationship thing. Like and I had to leave the building because it was just brainwashing in its purest, most obvious form, but these people, the hundreds of them, they just, they don't care. They just want to be a part of this community, and I get that. People need to be a part of communities. They need to be around other people, like-minded people. I'm looking at all these kids, and these kids don't give a damn. <laughs> they don't. They don't care. They're just there to play with the other kids and you know, be a part of something, and, and I get it. It's like an extension of your family. I understand the need for that. And I promote the need for that. I don't have that amount. I don't have any friends in Colorado Springs. My friends are scattered around the country and I'm so happy and excited to see them when I get to. But I imagine if I was part of a church, some big church like this, that I would have a lot of people in my life, but I don't believe in Jesus and I don't follow the Bible and I don't believe that there's an invisible guy in the sky that's going to listen to all my wants, needs and apologies. I don't have to have that. I don't need that crutch. And it's held me back, man. Just publicly stating it like I am right now. It's held me back. It's cost me jobs. It's cost me relationships. It's cost me friendships. It's cost me opportunities. Now who the fuck is on the wrong side of that? It pisses me off when I think about it. Who's on the wrong side of that? Me? because I happen to not just believe in some imaginary story that you do believe in. I'm sure it's very real to you, but for me, it makes no sense. It's nonsense. It's a fairy tale. 
So you're going to be a dick to me and keep money out of my pocket and keep opportunities out of my way because because I don't believe your story. Well, I got a story for you, okay? There's a guy named Brandon who doesn't want to partake in religion. Got it? That's the whole story right there. Why is that a problem? I believe in George Carlin. How about that? I believe that he's looking over me right now, and if I want something in life, and I, and I work hard for it, and I follow the rules that George Carlin set through years of comedy and, and spoken word, and I follow the examples that he set, that someday he's going to let me into a place full of awesome people like George and Richard Pryor and Sam Kennison and all these amazing people. I'll get to be a part of that club. Yes, and we get to just laugh and have fun and delicious tacos for the rest of eternity. That is what I truly believe in. And if you don't believe in it, you're stupid. And fuck you, I don't want you around me. And you don't get to do all this stuff. And I'm going to hold back your career and all this stuff. And I might just drop a bomb in your fucking living room. Because you don't believe in George Carlin and my magical restaurant bar in the afterlife. How stupid does that sound? Exactly. Exactly. So anyways, I'm getting a little heated up. And uh, when I get heated up, sometimes it's good to reach out to an old friend. Brian McCarty, man, a singer from the Trash Brats, one of my all-time favorite bands. I don't care that I grew up watching them in Detroit. I don't care that I was part of the same music scene. You know, when you're young, and I'll say this to him as well, when you're young and you think you're too cool for school and you're absolutely mesmerized. I had the same problem with Vinny from Sponge. He, we grew up in Detroit, and I'm such a huge Sponge fan, just as much as Trash Brats. And, you know, next thing you know, you're sitting next to him and you're just like, uh, hey. <laughs> it's the same with here. I'm going to get to talk to Brian here for a second. He's just a guy. And most of these, like, you know, people that people celebritize, even if it's actors and big rock stars and all this stuff, they're just people, man. They're just driven people who've been through a lot more than you have. I, I look at Brian that way. I think he's awesome, man. He's one of the best lyricists uh, that I've heard in my life. Um, I love the Trash Brats. They're just fun. Just a fun band. And I love this new album he's got. Uh, Dangle the Carrot, Rattle the Bones. Man, I love that title. And uh, you know what? I'm going to play a song, and then I'm going to give Brian a call. This song's called 3873 Marlboro Street. Now, if I'm correct, and I'm going to ask him about this later, I think this is where they lived or something like that. And at the end of the song, they basically give directions how to get to the house. Now, I've been a part of many, many Detroit rock scene after show parties, but I never sang a song and recorded a song to everybody to basically told them where I live. I don't think that's something you should probably do these days, maybe back then. But, uh, man, I love this song. It's energetic. And uh, here it is. Trash Brats, 3873. Marlboro Street. Drug dealer 
have so many, so many pleasant, fun memories of them playing that song live. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's an honor to give uh, Brian a call here and for him to accept that call. So uh, here we go. Brian, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Damn, dude, I haven't heard your voice in. I don't even want to. I don't even want to mention how many years it's been since I've heard your actual voice. My angelic strains. Oh, it's beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. <laughs> I'm. Uh, <laughs> no, it's been a while though, man. I mean, it, the you know the old '90s Detroit scene, early '90s, late '80s, and. Uh, I think that's really where we, uh, obviously it's where we met, but I think it's the last time we talked. We've been talking online, you know, kind of sharing music and stuff, but uh, it's uh, awesome to get a chance to uh, rap with you uh, again after all these years. And uh, it's great that you're still dropping music, man. I mean, is that what you're supposed to say now, dropping music? Be, yeah, I don't know what the kids are saying, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I drop a few pounds. Is what I wish I could drop. Oh, me too, brother. But did you ever think that we'd be on this end of the spectrum? I mean, obviously, we knew it was going to happen if we're lucky enough to get older. But it's uh, it's funny. It's it's just a funny thing too that I'm now the guy on my front porch, like you know, turn that damn bass music down. Like, <laughs> I couldn't. Listen, man, I, I I just bought a rug for my basement for like 150 bucks, and, and I was excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's sad. It's 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 sad what we become. Oh, I just got some uh, deodorant in the mail today. Oh, I'm, awesome. I'm, it blows my mind. It's just like you can't even find this stuff in a store, and it's like it made my day when the package came, the little Amazon package, and it's it's pretty crazy. But I wanted to start off. Kind of, okay, I was going to ask you questions about your deodorant, but uh, go on. No, no, it's called Every Man's Jack. It's the citrus flavor. You can't find the citrus flavor anywhere, and it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Is it like the no aluminum? Is it like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the no anything natural stuff, and it's because uh, they, they say bad things about the other stuff now, and of course you got to fall for all of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about just going all natural and uh, letting everyone else enjoy what I enjoy myself, you know, <laughs> my own order. You can call it fresh from stage. Fruitless endeavor. That's, absolutely. Well, I wanted to rewind back until I was, oh my God, like late 17 years old, early 18 year old in that aspect. Um, I was hosting a show called, um, I've been doing TV crap for this long. It's amazing. Uh, you think I'd be rich, but I'm totally not. Uh, I was doing a show called Detroit Live where we'd go out and film bands and interview them and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you hear my cat in the background, so this is going to be a professional interview because I'm not All talking. Right. I'm well, not... you might hear my kids interrupt. Uh, they'll probably start fighting. So, oh, great, uh... great, great, great. Yeah, I'm just, we'll just go off on sidebars about kids and cats later. But So I was there at uh, Paychex. You guys had a, a down there in Hamtramck, Michigan. You, you had a, a gig with the Bratz, uh, who you sang with for a long time. And the nine and people don't realize like kids these days don't realize how ignorant people were back in those days in the early nineties, late eighties, how anything that was different was just immediately you start talking shit about it. And, and I, I was guilty of that because I walked into this place and I saw all of these painted people all with having, having, no, listen, I'd never experienced it before. All these painted people that were having the time of their life 
and you know, paychecks is whatever it was back in the day. The, the lights, they had a light bulb above the stage. If you remember, would you go to an ICP show? Okay. <laughs> I've managed to refrain, but I do have ICP stories, but it's, um, <laughs> man, I, I just, I, it was sensory overload for me. And I was just an ignorant person who like, like nowadays, I would beat well, my. Well, how 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 old are you? I mean, I'm probably a generation older than you. Well, I'm 47 right now. Yeah, I'm gonna be 54, but uh, so uh, oh, hold on a sec. You doing some math? Uh, no, I, my my wife. I walked in the door. Oh, hi, wife. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm doing an interview with uh this guy, Brandon. But, uh, I'm back with you. I'm sorry. Oh, you got to get permission. I get it, man. That's, that's why I remain single all these years. And now we've got, uh, you know, lawnmower outside my window. This is, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic interview, but that's, that's kind of, you know, kind of represents, uh, <laughs> what we're talking about and all this stuff. It's, it's, it, it is whatever. I, uh, it was sensory overload for me because I didn't understand it and I wasn't a part of it. Yeah. So when we got there, well, I, mean, I that's, a, that's a natural thing, you know. It's, uh, what can you say? Uh, Ignorance. I, 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 I've I've heard things or saw something, and my initial impression was uh, was off. And uh, and later on, I, yeah, I was, you know, I understood it better. And uh, it's some people don't, and that's cool. Uh, but. Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's nice of you to say that. Well, I just wanted, I, I, I've always felt bad because I was talking mad 17 year old shit at that point, which is just, and here's the thing. I'm not even that person anymore. Like even like our cell structures have completely regenerated five or six times since then. It's, a, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not that guy anymore, but I always felt kind of bad about it. And the funniest part of it though. Is I, somebody must've told you or something that, okay, there's this asshole out here just just talking smack and next thing I know I turn around and there's you with your hand on my ass <laughs> it just, well I, I mean uh, maybe you had a nice ass I don't know I don't know if it was or not I don't recall but it was it just I remember me and my friend Ken we just got up and we left and I was like, I don't believe what just happened. And Ken's like, that guy just grabbed your ass. And then it turned out to be the singer of the band. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck is happening right now? It's like, and then I kind of put it together. Like maybe, maybe like years later, like, okay, I was an asshole. And he basically just called me out and punked me out in front of everybody. And I was like pissed about it. I was like, you know, fuck the trash brats. Who are these freaking assholes? Like, you know, doing that. Ass touchers. Ass touchers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then, like, about a year later, I got a copy of Jokes on You, or that, that, that was the album, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never left my CD player at the time. I became, uh, like, an instant Trash Brats fanatic. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about Trash Brats. I want to talk about the new stuff mainly, but I just uh, given, given right. some backstory between us and I, I got everybody out to your shows. Like, I'm like, you got to come see these people. And they all had that initial reaction that I did. They're like, what, what the, what is this? We like metal, you know? And yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, just Boy. listen, like, just listen. So anyways, I never really faulted anyone for, you know, not getting into us because of the, the way we looked, you know? Um, it, it was a, 
it was a good and bad thing. I, I think it probably eventually held us back, you know. Uh, it, it, it attracted a lot of people, just the, the circus-like atmosphere, and uh, that was fun. And it was always fun, you know, going shopping at thrift stores just to pick out outfits, you know, dress like an idiot. And it <laughs> kind of took away restrictions. If you're up there looking like an idiot, you're not afraid to act like an idiot. And so your inhibitions are, you know, were, you know, weren't weren't there, you know. So, uh so that was a cool thing about it, but it turned a lot of people off. And eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, you you do what you did, uh, and I learned so much. Um, and and he, here's a weird thing for me: it's always weird to back in the day when you're young and you're you know full of your own shit. You you, you don't really <laughs> go up to people that you like are really kind of big fans of. You don't like, like I could have gone up to you anytime and said, Hey man, I'm a huge fan. And just, I never did because it wasn't the cool thing to do back then. You know, when you're all about yourself and yourself centered, like you know, I was. Some, sometimes they can bite you in the ass. You know, it's it like, did. I, I always, I always went out of my way. If someone moved me, I, I, I always went out of my way to let them know that, Hey, you just made my life better, you know? And then sometimes, you know, sometimes people would appreciate it. And then other people would look at you like, uh, you know, why are you talking to me? And <laughs> so, you know, like, I mean, we, we played with a lot of bands and a lot of great bands. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to find out that someone that you really dig is, uh, you know, an asshole. But, uh, gotcha. Well, here I am like 30 years later, or just about, or 25 years, however long it's been. Again, I don't yeah. want to talk about that. Um, I'm sitting here with a gray beard, you know, <laughs> we all have kids and <laughs> all this time has passed. And I remember being in Korea in the army, just turning everybody on the trash brats. I actually formed a band over there with my guitar player, Dave, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but we covered senior trip because it was, you know, oh, about no the kidding. army and all that stuff. And, uh, did you, did you play clubs out there or we did played you just clubs. play the bass or did you just play for fun? Or? No, we played, uh, honestly, we played, uh, nightclubs in, in South Korea. It was like the, the Eagles club, which was right off the village off of our post and the, the hard is that, rock. So is, is that like, is that a veterans club or, or was it just no. like a, a, the local watering hole? It was the one of the, it was a mom and pop shop down in, in South Korea, like just in this little village area, right outside our camp Stanley post. And, what, yeah. what kind of crowds did you get there? Uh, it, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, bars are universal. Sometimes you have great nights. Sometimes you have just, you know, you're playing for the, for the rats. It's, uh, how did they, uh, how did they re respond? Were you uh, mostly like, um, playing metal or did you play all kinds of different stuff? We played all kinds of stuff, anything we liked. I mean, we, like me and Dave were big fans of the band Big Wreck, which is, you know, somebody, a band that nobody really knows, but yeah, you know, we played their like, stuff. I'm have to look them up. Man. Oh, they're amazing. Um, Canadian so, how did they? Uh, how did the, the locals react to uh, these American servicemen? It was mostly our. It was mostly our drunk friends coming out and just hanging out, and <laughs> but there would be spatterings of you know Koreans just, and you know it, it was fun. It was just something to do out there while we're not doing anything. It was in the Bill Clinton years, but it was a yeah, good how time. Long did you, uh, how long did you serve for? Uh, what six, seven years, something like that. And well, you know that year in Korea was always what, fun. So that's like, that's two uh, two. Two terms, or what did they call it? Two enlistments, it? Uh, yeah. It was uh, re-enlisting and all that stuff. But were you considering doing a, a career out of that, or just uh, 
no. (laughs) Much like many people, uh, you know, and this is not a Brandon interview, but much like many people. No, no, I I didn't know. I didn't know you served, man. Thank you. Oh, no, no. That's fucking awesome. It was a good job. Like things fell apart in Detroit for me. You know, the Ritz closed down. uh, uh, Just all these main state places I would make. I was making money at just shut down and everything was going away. All the bands where I was working with were breaking up and my little TV show there was gone. And it was like, Oh, I'm living on the streets of Detroit, basically. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't good. So it was kind of, you just signed up out of desperation or, uh, I like saw what, the commercial, you, the B all that you can. And be, it was, and I, a, and it was the army. That was the branch. Yeah. I joined the army and, uh, and, and, and like I said, did though, you, did you uh, shop around or did you? No, just, I just uh, joined the army. I didn't want to go into Marines yeah. and I didn't want to do the other one. So I just army yeah. sounded good. But I brought, you know, those discs with me. The what was the second one with Eating Crow and all that stuff on it out of this out of the uh, out of the closet. Out of the closet. Yeah. yeah, I brought those two CDs with me. And honestly, I listened to them all through basic training. And, and it, it would it's, it has to be somewhat interesting for you to hear that, you know, people are listening to your music while they're going through these life altering experiences and you're kind of the soundtrack for it. So I brought, that's that's awesome, man. That's, that's really cool. It kind of makes me feel like, uh, I did something all right. Or I did something right. You know, you got fans, (laughs) man. And I'm definitely one of them. And I wish I would have gotten to told you that years ago and actually gotten to be a little bit of a better friend instead of being all, you know, about myself and what I was doing. But yeah, you're a um, dick. Yeah, totally. No, totally. I totally agree <laughs> with you. There was one time I actually got to film you guys at the Ritz when you were doing the live broadcast with, uh, what was his name, Mike Segal, the, the DJ guy we introduced you. You remember the live Ritz nights? I think was you, that, it was, that was the Riff one or the, the, the 89X one? Oh, I think it was the Riff, and it was uh, live on the radio, and you guys were the, the first band to do it. And I was actually there with a camera, and we used that footage for the Detroit Live show back in the day. I interviewed Ricky. Oh, uh, no kidding. And, That's uh, cool. Yeah, man, I still have that footage, too, which is crazy. So as, wow. soon, as soon as I get that on disc, man, or whatever, on digital, I'll send it to you. It's a fantastic show. It was a good time. Had- That's cool. I, I, uh, I always get nervous watching old footage because... Uh- <laughs> Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised at how good we sound and, and, and how energetic we are. And then sometimes it, it, it's a train wreck and I'm like, oh, or, you know, what did I just say in between songs? Uh, so I, I, a cert, it's always a certain amount of dread watching something old, you know. And it's always funny because I've, I've managed to sing for a lot of bands myself. And people think you're so confident and you have everything down to the beat. But in, in all reality, we're kind of terrified in, in a good way, I think, in a motivating way, but it's terrifying to be a singer in a band in front of a sea of people and who all think that you've just got this thing covered and they're just there to enjoy it and get their money's worth and drink a beer. But yeah. What do you think about uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the guise of being just the, the coolest guy in the room, but in all actuality? Oh no! I was never. It was Tony, our bass player, was always the coolest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the coolest guy in the room. <laughs> Everyone loved Tony. Yeah, everybody. And how, how is the relationship with you and Ricky and Tony and all the drummers you've had and all that? Uh, me and uh, Ricky and Tony are, are tight. I mean, we don't. I, I see Ricky more than everyone else. Just, uh, I mean, I've, I've known him since uh, junior high school, since seventh grade. So we, we go back a long ways, but uh, uh, various drummers, uh, uh, Troy, we're real close with, 
Um, I've had Jim Paluzzi play on a couple of, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't talk to him too often, but he's played on some of my recent uh, songs. I've had him in the studio and, uh, you know, he's, he's got a family. He's, he's a busy dude. He plays in a couple different bands still. Uh, I think he does, well, at least he, I know he does the Orbinsons and uh, well, maybe he just does that band. I'm not sure. but uh, Yeah, we interviewed with uh, Vinny recently for uh, one of the shows on a side TV, and uh, Jimmy was there, and I ain't seen him in probably as long as I haven't seen you. So it was always nice to see him. What an incredible uh, yeah, drummer. He's too. always one of my favorite drummers. Uh, he, obviously, he's that amazing. Guy. Like, he's a spider yeah. monkey on the drums. I don't understand how the, he does some of the things. And that was one of the things that really brought me to the Brats was just that energy that all of you guys had together. And just, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a drummer myself as well. So it's like, ugh, Jimmy kind of brought me in. And then you guys, lyrically. Uh, well, you know, he's, he's the one that kind of brought us to the next level of... Uh, musicianship I, I mean we were we were like we were pretty sloppy but when we uh when we joined up with uh, jimmy it's like we we had to straighten up a little i mean a little bit anyways i imagine but, so. um but that's when we started sounding like a, a real band is when when jimmy started playing with us and uh yeah i, I can't say enough about that guy's abilities holy crap oh he's incredible uh, but lyrically is, I mean, like I said, the, him being the drummer kind of brought me into the mix. And but lyrically, are you the one writing all the words, or are you collaborating? Or uh, we've kind of split it between uh, me and Ricky. Uh, you know, like uh, yeah, we, we both write our own songs and kind of critique. Um, you know, it's like, like uh, you want to say that there or maybe change it up a little bit or I'd, I'd add a little bit to his, he'd add a little bit to mine. And, and then, you know, there'd be the songs that we'd come up with together, both musically and lyrically. And, uh, you know, each one had its own story. And then, yeah. Well, I'm going to was... actually play a song real quick with your permission, of course. Um, the reason I want to play this song is because not only is it my favorite brat song, to kind of close out the conversation about uh, yesterday. But the the chorus of this song, I don't know if you wrote it or, or Ricky wrote it, who, who wrote it, whoever did, it's it's kind of been, and this is, you know, I'm going to smooch your booty a little more on this one. <laughs> it, it's kind of been my motto. Uh, the, song, right. the song's called The Landlord. And what's the chorus? Oh, on yeah, that? Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the breakdown chorus at the end there? Uh, oh, Jesus. What, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> My and I know things uh, aren't that bad. These are better times than some I've had. Nothing is really that wrong. So I'll just keep satisfied and I'll just keep on waiting till something better comes along. Holy shit, dude. Like that, uh, just saying it gives me chills a little bit because I basically lived my life that way to where it's, okay, this sucks, but... It's not. Yeah, I mean, yet, I think I was, actually that was I wrote that uh, when I was living with uh, Jim. I was living in his basement, and uh, well, he, well, he was my landlord. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me! But uh, no.
just keep on waiting Until something better comes along wasn't for some of the people like me but, that were listening to it that's what i'm getting at it's i was well, in I, that I was situation that. i was just talking about that first line of the song that that's I, I took a little license with that but i but no i yeah i was i was yeah i was depressed at the time and i was you know just kind of trying to get myself out of the funk just you know it's it really it really wasn't that bad you know it could be worse you know absolutely um, I, I just was in a very similar situation than to every lyric in that tie in the, in that chorus. And I was like, it just hit me in the face. And I've ever since, I mean, I've even just posted those lyrics like on social media, just putting it out uh-huh. there just because it, uh, uh-huh. well, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm smooching no, your booty no, big no, time. That, you no, know, that's fine. That's, that's okay. Let I, me get my chapstick. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting smoke blowing up my ass. <laughs> well, it's not smoke. <laughs> this is this is actual, you know, levity being shoved right up. Well, there, so. I'm even a bigger fan of levity getting blown up my ass. <laughs> but uh, nah, I, I mean, that's that's 
that's touching for me to hear. Thank you. Well, that's good. This is why uh, I, I, that's cool. This, I, that's one of my. I, I like that one. I like that song. There's 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 some songs that I wish I, we never put out, but uh, some songs I wish I never wrote, but I, I do like I do like that one, and then I, and that's cool. That's that's cool that it uh, it meant something to you. Totally. To this day, it always does. Also, um, just give me a quick one, because this is my, probably, I'll, I'll even say second favorite song. 3873 Marlboro Street, everyone loves that song. It's, uh, it's a pump, it, it must have been one of the most fun songs you've ever had to play live, because it's, uh, it's a blood bumper. But, uh, yeah, it's a, but it's, it was always tough, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, lyrics. <laughs> that you have to say fast and and then and then you're you're trying to jump around and be entertaining it's it's a it wins you you know i, I would get winded on that one and especially at the end where i'm kind of at the top of my register on, on some of those uh on some of the melodies of that song so especially with the it, fart sound at the end right as the, the last of your wind uh, well, that was T.T. Barr that did that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one responsible for that. Well, what was the story behind but, uh, that song? Because I've always been curious. Because you're basically, is that where you guys lived? Because you're giving an address. Yeah, yeah. That's where uh, Ricky and I first moved uh, after we moved out of our parents' house. Uh, there was a there was a guy uh, that Ricky went to school with, Billy Burbanic, who was this guitar player, just a, a amazing guitar player. And I, I think he ended up moving to Maine or something, but... That's that's the first time we heard like a lot of the underground metal stuff from that Billy Burbana guy. He uh, he he had uh, gave us like tapes of um, there was these uh, U.S. metal comps, and there was bands like Raven on it and the Rods and I can't for, I remember like all the bands, but just, just this underground metal stuff that you never heard anywhere else. That was just you know incredible. But anyways, this Billy Burbana guy knew this other guy that he went to school with, and uh, and uh, kind of hooked hooked us up with that. And, and yeah, we lived there. It was paid like twenty five bucks a week, but the dude was a junkie, and uh, he was just taking our money and, and buying dope, and uh, ended up getting kicked out. And yeah, so it, I mean, that's that's all a true story, except for I mean, again, there's some embellishment. Uh, I never, you know, sold blood for money it never got that bad <laughs> did you throw a molotov cocktail somewhere but i heard other people what's that so did you throw a molotov cocktail somewhere or? no <laughs> no <laughs> i think that's american there uh yeah what is it a molotov co- no uh no the the lady in the song uh she told us about the house next door that uh used to be a drug house and oh, someone right. someone burned it down with a molotov cocktail Jeez. So well, that's what I, that's what yeah. I really enjoyed about your work was you're you're telling stories. You're not just out there like I'm in love with a girl or you know I got all this money or something like basically everything that's released in the last twenty years. Um, there's no soul to it, and you guys always had these, these these amazing lyrics. And I'm a lyric guy, and it's just you told these stories, and it just happened that these stories were like you know ten miles from where I lived, and just you know uh, Chalmers Avenue, and just all these different. I mean, you guys got a library of like just great stories. Well, I mean, it's part of that is being a product of uh, of where we came from. I mean, my uh, I grew up listening to. Honey Radio and uh, CKLW and uh, my parents listened to country, so 
the stories probably came from old country tunes, you know. Um, well, you keep the stories going funny. with the new stuff, man. I, I didn't even know you had a new album out um, until I just saw something on YouTube that said McCarty, and I'm like, okay. And I saw like your little face, and I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Your like, little so face. Got I saw your, little, your little face. Well, you know, on the thumbnail, it's little, so it's a little face, and yeah. I clicked on it, and I'm like, this son of a bitch just released a new album, and it's freaking fantastic. It's uh, uh, Dangle the Carrot, Rattle the Bones. That's the name of the album, right? Yeah. And you got this dance video with, like, it's an Andy Warhol type thing going on there. Yeah, well, I, you know... um, I've known Lana. Uh, she's uh, she's got a, a dance uh, troupe, a belly dance troupe. Uh, I've, I've known her for a long time. Her and Mark, uh, her uh, husband, yeah, used to come see the Brats back in the day, and uh, they're just really good people. So yeah, and uh, so I thought that would be perfect um, for her and to see. So, you know, asked her if she'd be interested, and she she said yes, and. Um, and, uh, I, I play, I play in a band with Wendy Case, you know, uh, Wendy Case from the Paybacks? I don't at all, but I now need to. Oh, well, look up the Paybacks. Oh, so good. Wendy, uh, she, she's got one of these, you know, gravelly voices, kind of, if, uh, you know, you, you hate to make a comparison, but kind of, if Rod Stewart, you know, was a chick. <laughs> but uh, she's got uh, one of my favorite rock and roll voices, Wendy. So I, I play guitar for her. And, and if you're not doing anything next, uh, on, on the 16th of June, we're playing at a um, some park in Dearborn. Oh, I'll just um, drive around all the parks until I find it. Actually, I live in Colorado Springs, so I don't know if I can make that. But I will. Uh, what the hell? Then you ain't rock and roll. I know, yeah, right? Colorado Springs. Yeah, man, moved no. out here back in 2006, man. It's oh, I did not know that. Anyway, so hey, uh, anyways, the drummer from that band, uh, Bill Bowen, he does video work, and he he shot that video, and we shot it in a art uh, a gallery in Romeo, Michigan, and uh, I don't know what was cooler, watching the girls dance to a song that I wrote, or uh, or watching Bill film them because he did most of the filming on uh, roller. Blades, you know, to zoom in and zoom out, and oh my goodness, you know, zoom past the the girls, you know, like the one arm was extending, and he kind of rolled slowly past the arm, and it just it, he, I can't say enough nice things about uh, Bill and and his uh, perspective, you know. What's well, a great video? What's the name of the song so people can look it up on YouTube? Uh, the the dance floor is your canvas, your body is the brush. It's a great, great song, man. Actually, this whole album is just—it's not brass. That song—that's my uh, uh, KC and the Family Stone song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got like there's there's it's it's not a dance album, but there is dance music. There's funk. There's there's a little bit of uh, gospel music in there. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, of there's gospel. a reggae tune. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and it's political in some aspects. It's uh, lyrically pleasing to someone like me who's a lyric snob. So. Uh, I'm really, really happy with it, man. I've listened to it several times through, and uh, it's it's not Trash Brats whatsoever, like not even close. No. It doesn't even sound anything like Trash Brats, and that's great because that's a thing, and now this is a thing. So, again, I'm not going to wait 35 years to tell or 25 years to tell you this time, but, man, I'm a fan. 
Well, that's uh, that's really nice to hear. I I'm really happy with it, and it's. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I I hope that doesn't sound conceited, but uh, I. I you know, like some some dude recently um, wanted to buy all uh, some trash bread fan wanted to buy all all of my solo stuff. You know, a collector, and I, I was uh, so I'm like thinking about my first solo record, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to give that to him because it sucks. I think it sucks. So I listened to it, and it, sure enough, it sucks. It's like maybe. I don't know, half of it I sort of like, but there's too many songs on it, and some of the songs are so awful. It's like, like my back started sweating because I, I was just like, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> but this this album I, I, I'm happy with, but you know what? That first album I was happy with when I put it out, so 10 years from now, I'll probably hate this record. Who knows? Well, it's kind of like growing up. It's like you think you're everything in the 20s until you reach your 30s. Then you think you're smart in your 30s until you get to your 40s, and so on and so on. Like like I well, said that, before, you know, that, I hated myself yeah. when I was in my 20s. Like, I want to kick that kid's ass, but... Right, right. Well, yeah, I wish I could go back and kick my own ass. <laughs> but uh, it, but that was the problem with that that first solo thing I did. I, it's like, it was too ambitious. Like, I was... Well, it was the first time I, I, I didn't have the format of the Trash Brats, so, I, you know, I could explore more with acoustics and pianos and horns and so that was cool but uh i don't know i, I lyrically I, I was just trying to sound smart i think you know that's i had the bob dylan john lennon disease or something where you know i don't know but I, i'm not as smart as those two those guys but uh uh, yeah, I don't know. It was embarrassing to, to go back and listen to that shit. And, and, and needless to say, I, I didn't send that guy that. <laughs> to destroy all the evidence. Well, what but, song uh, do you want I, me to I, play? Like, uh, what song do you want me to play from the album uh, that best represents what you think uh, this album from is? From what album? Listen, this, this new is one. the recent one? Yeah, not, not the one you hate. Uh, no. um, let me think. I'm trying to think of what songs are on it now. It's like I've, I've got songs in my head that I'm recording now so i got you that that's already old to me but uh, i enjoy a sorry i got caught i think that's a clever one and it sounds a little beatlish to me which i'm a big beatles fan of course but it's uh man that's that's a yeah, yeah. damn good job well, right you know there. that's that's just i uh, just from you know you picture some politician getting caught doing shit and he's standing there with his wife on one side and the preacher on the other side and uh, because they don't want the gravy train to stop either you know it's <laughs> Making some insincere apology on uh, television. That's kind of what uh, where I got the idea for that one. But, but yeah, it's pretty funny. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. The music sounds like it's it's nothing really inventive, but it's kind of kind of bubblegummy, you know. Well, I mean, what is inventive anymore? I don't think anything's been inventive in the last thirty years, but an upgraded version of something that works is <laughs> just, yeah. it can be considered inventive at this point. Yeah. You know what? I play whatever song you want to play. I, I, that's, I don't care to push one song or the other, you know? Cool. So I I'm, I'm just happy someone cares enough about it to do it for me. Well, I'm hoping you know? people that are listening, this will like it as well. And I know they will, but it's uh, Oh, I'm getting text messages now. Awesome. But it's, uh, 
It's a good album, man. I just, like I said, I didn't want to wait 30 more years and uh, be like, hey, man, I really liked your awesome album when, I'm, when we're both, I guess, dead at that point. Um, <laughs> Sitting in our diapers. Yeah, you know? right. Hey, man, let's write a song while we're shitting our pants. Talking about our glory days at the Ritz. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What, what are your memories? I mean, I know you probably have a thousand of them. What, what stands out from that period? Just, I mean, I could just, I remember just making that loop as an early, early, I wasn't even old enough to be in there, but since I was filming the bands, everyone got to know my face. So they, mm-hmm. they were, you know, JC and short, uh, tiny and all these guys are just throwing me beers and Ray and everything. I'm like, I'm not even 21 yet. I could have got that place shut down, but uh, oh, yeah. it was, uh, it was just a great time. It was just such a like innocent time. I'd make that loop and just hit on all the girls that I could possibly see. And eventually one would pan out and there you go. But, um, and just the bands, I got to know everybody. And that's my memories is just having a good little team of people there. And I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't get into the, if there was any drama or any, you know, polit- politicking or any of that stuff, I never really got into that. And I think I was sheltered uh, by ignorance of it. But what was your uh, opinions of those days, those early 90s? Uh, I mean, that's hard to just zero in on on one statement you know I, it's what i missed is uh you know people like large amounts of people going to see live music i mean i i don't think that really uh exists anymore on a on an independent level does it no they can hire a I mean, dj for I, a third I mean, at least month. not in detroit uh, what's it like out there i mean it's it's even pre, worse out here there's there's really? a, there's at least bands in Detroit still that I, I hear about. Um, a lot of them are still from the people that I knew back then. They're still jamming, but there's no places like here in Colorado Springs. No, just so what's what's what happened? DJs, the internet, DJs, man, DJs. You can hire a DJ, set up in five minutes, and play for five hours for a third, not even a third of what you know a band would charge. Uh, that's basically where everything's kind of gone around here. There are places that have live rock. There's a black sheep. I think you guys actually played there, uh, before, um, when I was out of town, of course. And, um, yeah, but you know, there's a, uh, yeah. Rock and roll as we know it is, 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 if it's not dead already, it's on life support, unfortunately, which is why I'm uh, even talking you know, to I, you. I believe they'll, they'll probably be a resurgence, you know, um, well, something that I always Eventually. find is not, not that I'll be riding that wave. I'll be, you know, it'll be uh, young and pretty people. <laughs> well, I mean, you're riding <laughs> it like, now. You just released an album, and uh, it got me excited. So there's people listening. Uh, I, I, I think the, the funniest thing that I see nowadays is when kids, and I'm going to say kids like anybody under thirty, when they see for the first time somebody play a guitar, when all they've heard is this synthesized, downloaded, you know, drum machine music. And they see somebody play a guitar live or they see or they listen to an old song. There's like all these reaction videos on YouTube and stuff, which it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Like somebody. Oh, you watch those? Uh, I, I, uh, there's there's those, those two dudes. Uh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Reaction videos. There's a it's lot crazy. of them out there. That, then in itself, a reaction video. And, uh, my daughters were watching videos of people opening up uh, eggs. <laughs> what, what what have we become a oh, nation man. of voyeurs and you know what they probably got 10 million views on that damn video so it's like oh, uh, yeah i'm over yeah. selling 16 records that's great man <laughs> what would it have been like 
in in I'm, I'm not going to say our time because it's still our time, but back then, what would it have been like if we had internet, if we had cell phones, we had cameras on our phones, and just all the stuff that we have now? Thank God we didn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Well, there'd be a lot of embarrassing footage of me. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot more people but, in prison. Uh, but um, what do you think? Like Trash Brat's heyday, and there's you know 500 people at the Ritz with cell phones in their hands, pointing at the stage. Uh, maybe it would have helped. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. There's there's a. It's hard to it's hard, it's hard to say. I, I mean, isn't it hard to imagine? There, there's a, a certain romance about a period of time of uh, just just going out to flyer cars at other shows. You know, you're, you're going to another show, hanging out, and and then going out in the parking lot and put flyers on on windows. And uh, I mean, it, it was a, a social experience. You know, it was you're out and about and meeting people, and you know trying to trying to meet meet girls and you know well if somebody wasn't there you'd be like well where hell where, where are they i gotta go to the payphone and stand in line at the payphone and put quarters in the payphone just to call my friend who doesn't answer their phone and you just, it's like <laughs> son of and you try to hang up before their voicemail clicks up so you don't lose your 25 cents or whatever it was it's, right, it's, it's, and, but now we got all these golden tethers attached <laughs> to our hips <laughs> It's just incredible to to really, almost impossible to really think about, like, just having that. Because I was the guy that carried around this, like, 50-pound camera with me everywhere I went to these nightclubs. That's what got me in the door. Right. And, uh, man, it was it's just incredible to think, like, this thing that I'm holding in my hand right now could have done, like, a, a million times better video and audio. And <laughs> just... Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. And also, too, I mean, it's, it's like we really had to dig to find cool bands, you know, to, to bands that would eventually influence us, you know, now it's at, at, you know, the, the, the reach of your thumb, you know, but no one actually digs anymore. I don't think there are a few people do, but, uh, you don't have to dig, you go on YouTube, you go on Facebook, you go, it's there. Right. Right. But yeah, like I said, there's a, there's a certain romance that's, that's gone now, you know, about finding a band, you know, oh, yeah, hearing like about a band upon somebody. like going to a record store and, oh, do you have this record? Oh, no. Uh, can you order it? Uh, you know, or just thumbing through records at a record store and, oh, these guys are kind of cool, you know, I like that guy's shirt. <laughs> I bet you their songs are good, you know. Sometimes that worked. <laughs> Sometimes it was like, oh, Jesus, this band sucks, but. <laughs> that was always my favorite thing too is walking into a place like you know the i rock or harpos or the ritz or you know paychecks or something like that and then seeing the opening bands and getting to know them and try to have some kind of relationship with them as well just it was uh you're right though it's, it's very romanticized in our later years uh, because it, it'll never happen again i think that was the last time it ever will right right so we've kind of like grown through old school into no school new school and you know we're, we're we're still we're still breathing yeah yeah we got that going for us <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well hey brian man i just wanted to say thanks dude uh like let's not wait another 25 years to talk or hang out or whatever man i'm in detroit all the time so any uh reunion shows or any mccarty stuff going on live now that the world's opening back up 
Well, Ricky and uh, I-94 Records put out a single for Ricky and, and a single for me. And we're doing a record release show on August 21st at Smalls. It's a Saturday. So, uh, so that's, we got that cooking. And, um, well, I will do my best. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be. We, we film shows like literally all over the country constantly. So if that date's open, I will most likely show up and, uh, you can grab my ass again. <laughs> hey, uh, when you're in Detroit, uh, let me know. Uh, maybe we could uh, go out for a beer or something. That would be awesome, dude. I'll be uh, there actually next month. So, like I said, I'm there pretty much every other month, and uh, it's it's home. No matter where I live, I mean that that dirty ass city is always going to be my home. I'm proud of being from there. I know you are as well. Yeah. Um, there's no other place like it, music or anything. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, send me a message. Let me know. I will do that, brother. And uh, thanks again, man. Thank you, and uh, hey, thanks for serving our country, man. <laughs> hey, you got more balls than I got. I think I, I left a couple it. of them on the in <laughs> Korea somewhere, you know. <laughs> but cool, brother. I'll see you soon. Be well. How cool, man? How cool? I mean, even if it's just for me and the spattering of old Trash Brats fans and new McCarty fans out there, that's just cool, man. I don't like I said. I'm not doing this to get a million listeners. Once you get a million listeners, then you got to fall in line and worry about everyone's being offended or not entertained enough. And why did you interview him? You could uh, shut up. I adore that guy, man. I adore him, Tony, Ricky, Jimmy Paluzzi, everyone that's ever been in the band. I'm a huge Trash Brats fan, and I love the new ang- the new album, Dangle the Carrot, Rattle the Bones. Dangle the Carrot and Rattle the Bones. I just want to say that again and again. Um and speaking of which, I'm going to play a song right now from that album. I feel like an old school DJ. Man. I used to do this like a long time ago. I didn't have the deep voice that I knew now. I didn't have that screaming Scott. I don't even know what station he works for now in Detroit. I miss Scott Randall. Awesome guy. Um, very familiar with Brian and the Brats and everybody. Damn, dude. This is, this is like a memory lane thing. I loved having those kind of conversations. Yes, I know it was a 40-minute conversation with three songs interlaced, but... If you're still listening, you're still listening. We did something right. And now I want you to keep listening because this song, there's a video for it on YouTube. It's called The Dance Floor is Your Canvas, Your Body is the Brush. Did I say that right? Please tell me I said that right. Anyways, listen to the damn song. Get on Apple. Get on iTunes. However you get music. Download this album. There's some Trash Brat stuff on there too. Download that. Enjoy it. And thank me and thank Brian later. Digs a beat because it makes a move. The melody's alright, but mainly it's a groove. The motion of the body, you know, it reminds me.
I was wrong, very wrong. Rock and roll isn't dead, but it's the original rockers like Brian McCarty, man, that's keeping it alive. Oh, there's after stuff. People talking. Creepy, man. I think I cut that off. Sorry, Brian. Um, dude, that song, dude, come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, it's like it's like a fine wine with this guy. Like, yes, I was in love lyrically and energetically with the trash brats, even though I started off being a, a douchebag because they were too colorful for me and I was too rock and roll, but little did I know I wasn't even remotely rock and roll back then. And, uh, this is the stuff that stuck with me. All those other bands that I dealt with in Detroit, all the metal heads and the, I, I couldn't even, I don't remember their names to be honest. I don't remember the name of their bands. Not many of them. 
But this guy's still doing it, man. He's stuck. He, oh, he's stuck not only just in my head, but he just stuck with it. And he released a song like that. And there's like a bunch of other songs in this new album. Dangle the carrot, rattle the bones. Ah, get it. Just get it. Sick of begging you people to do shit. Just get the freaking network. Go to AsideTV.com. It's five bucks a month. It's on Roku. It's on Apple TV. It's on Amazon Fire. Get it. And then when you're done enjoying that, binge-watching a bunch of all-original television, then you can get your ass onto iTunes or however you get music. Download Dangle the Carrot, Rattle the Bones by McCarty. My buddy Brian, man, I, I, I totally am going to take him up. On, uh, we talked a little afterwards on an offer to just meet up, have a freaking beer somewhere in Detroit, and uh, probably later this month or next month, where whenever I'm going back up there, uh, definitely going to take him up on that, man. What a cool cool sum of a sum of a bitch love that guy man love his music and uh, i know you will too if you just stop being damn lazy and listen i think that's the problem man and I'm, I'm not gonna get negative because we got to close this thing out this is a long episode but people are so fucking lazy dude oh my god people are so freaking lazy you think if a side tv came out 25 years ago it wouldn't be the biggest. I mean, technology wasn't around back then to do it, but it would be huge, man. And now people are just, look at Netflix. I don't care. I'm just going to, uh, I don't care. Like, oh, God, I hate people these days. <sighs> Anyways, man, thank you guys so much for listening to the Brandon Bishop podcast. Get us ITV. Download this album, man. Just do it. Uh, don't make me yell at you anymore. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to make any lies or promises that I have to break about when the next episode of the Brandon Bishop podcast is coming out. I don't care about consistency. I'm not trying to get rich off of this thing. This is an outlet. This is a release. This is therapy for me just to get on a microphone. I'm here in my own home office just spewing things. And for some reason, you guys are listening. So thank you for that. But uh, it, it feels good. This is my uh, release. This is my uh, the back door so to speak, to where I don't go out and just start, you know, slashing people with a machete or something has crossed my mind many of times, especially since this pandemic has started. But it wouldn't, you know, long run. What am I going to accomplish? Besides a lot of bloodshed. I don't want to be remembered for uh, being one of those serial killers that the true crime heads clamor over by being glorified on TV. And yes, I watch that shit, too. But I'd rather be remembered for something like a side TV um, if, when it's my time to go. So, I don't know. Not sure when I'm going to do another one of these. I'll do one. Well, how about this? When there's something to talk about, I'll get on here and talk about it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>